going on down there? Hey everyone, welcome to a podcast called WTFATFW, a Transformers podcast by Transformers fans. We're recording this on the evening of Black Friday 2021, which is now an international uh, day of trauma. So, um, Aaron, welcome. Hi. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, we, we love having your stupid, uh, your, your, your deranged mob uh, by televisions day up here. It was great. It was funny, briefly. TJ, hello. Hi. It, we, we briefly were having a laugh with it one year where we were like, oh, what if we have Black Fried A? Because it's Canadian. That went away really fast. And everyone just started acting like it's always been Black Friday. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. I got to work a toy shop on Black Friday. At least it wasn't a chain, though. I mean, I, I'm guessing you still could well have had, like, belligerent folks headbutting windows. Did you have any belligerent folks headbutting windows? Fortunately, no. Okay. No. I did have a lovely thing where, uh, okay, uh, the TV we air stuff on is out of order and not playing audio. And, uh, my, and, uh, oh, right, the internet dies right in the middle of the workday. Okay. Um, as long well, now as now, I can't take credit cards for the rest of the day. Oh, that part sucks. Oh, I know how. Yeah, I, I, I very specifically, not even through retail experience, know a little bit about about that. That's a that's a thing. I don't know if I can actually talk about entirely, but uh, yeah, credit cards are messed up when there's no internet connection. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there there are solutions that don't work that some things have still implemented many years ago that are boy. <laughs> Uh, it's just one of those situations of like I never have tech gremlins, and then I had like three on Black Friday. I'm like, okay, this is working retail now, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know what though? It was probably some other re- it's probably some Walmart or something that just that broke a larger internet uh, uh, node, a large a larger uh, pustule of internet, and then you just got the you got the splatter, you got the you got the scatter effect. Um, I, mean, I, I feel like I've been splattered every time Walmart's involved. Walmart's a splatter zone. Aaron, uh, did you uh, did you have any Black Friday adventures today, or did you? Or were, yeah, oh, I, I spent four hundred dollars on tires. Was it was it special Black Friday sales tires? Actually, it, it it was buy one get one. Oh, so I got four tires for the price of two. That's not bad. Yeah, was that in, was yeah. that intentional or was that that happenstance? It was mostly happenstance. It was, I mean, I've been dragging the tires along um, on the Honda for a while just because, I mean, I'm not driving a whole lot. I'm working from home, Mm. all that stuff. And uh, it hit, the tires were wearing irregularly and apparently the vehicle stability system in the Honda just kind of like had a fit and was turning itself off. And then when it turns itself off, it like disables cruise control and a couple other things and so that was becoming an issue uh as we were doing some some driving for family and and for for holiday get together does it tell so you that tires. this is happening in the it, car or? yeah it, so it it does <laughs> and sometimes sometimes it's fine and it just like pops the light up and then the cruise control will turn off if you're just like driving on the highway and it just decides that 
Because it sits there and it says, like, oh, I think the tires should be moving like this, and instead it moved differently. Mm-hmm. So something's wrong, and I'm going to go, ah! um, which is great. It's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> um, but sometimes if you're doing it while you're accelerating, then it will, like, ugga, 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 ugga a little bit because it's, like, it's trying to change the direction or it's trying to like because it's all-wheel drive Mm -hmm. it's trying to like change where it's sending the power but at the same time it thinks that it's sending the power to the wrong place so it'll sit there and like chunk a chunk a chunk for a little bit before like you then have to let off the gas and have it go yeah something's wrong boss i don't know um you can tell me that before you start doing the chunk thing Please. Yeah. Yeah. Every time it's happened when, when I've been driving with Kristen, she has a minor heart attack. Um, and it's like, what is going on? It's like, it's the same thing. It's been every other time, dear. It's, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, so I just decided, screw it. This needs to get done. And so then I bounced around to the two or three different places that sell tires in town and was like, hey, what's the soonest anybody has an appointment? And then there's a place in town that's like, oh, we can do it on Black Friday. It's like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. I'm not going out shopping on Black Friday, so <laughs> whatever. And uh, took it over there. And uh, they're like, yeah, we can get you right in. How long are you going to be around? I'm like, I got nothing else to do today. I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be about four hours. I was like, well, when we talked on the phone, you made it sound <laughs> like I could come by at 1130, and then it'd be the first thing, it'd be the thing that you do, and we'd be done shortly after that. Well, the online stuff can be a little bit weird and different. I'm like, so four hours? Yeah, probably probably about four hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds about right. It's like, uh, <laughs> they did, but they didn't have any DVDs and they didn't have cable, so I just sat there and farted around <laughs> on my phone for a while. Then I said, screw it, and I walked the probably half mile or so to the uh, Burns Noble and Best Buy and walked around in there for a little bit and saw everybody trying to get the the deals on the latest things and thought, you know, I've been kind of thinking about getting like a like the MagSafe charger for my iPhone rather than just always plugging it in. That way I can just like get it close up next to the bed and it'll go so I don't got to look at anything. I was like, okay, yeah, they've got that. Oh, they only have them with like the very short, um, I think it was like maybe a foot long cable off the back of it and it's like what are you doing with it? oh you useless ones okay. you're within a f- where you're within a foot i'm of, so tired of short of power i'm so supply. tired of short cables i have a i have a couple cables still that are that are short and it used to not be a problem because i i never thought about it i'd use them for travel and then some cables mm-hmm. broke down so i was like oh it's okay i have more cables and all these cables are like half the length of the ones that broke down and i'm like yeah. this is a problem what was the purpose of this tiny tiny cable yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like I w- want like want the three meter long cable. That way, I can you know have as much of it coiled up and and velcro tied together and have it be the length that I need, or use it as like a freaking bolo. You know, somebody breaks into the house, this thing's got enough range on it, I can clock them, and you know, still not be in like knife or bat range. Not this you know foot long cable that has a. You, the one thing that like Apple has that's USB three or C, or USB C is the other end of that cable, so I can't even use the existing wall warts that I have. Yeah. It's like Apple. The one time you go to the standard that everybody else has agreed upon, it's the wrong way. Also, the good job. Worst part is the twelve to fifteen inch where it's it's just long enough to make you think like, nah, this will be fine. And then you you hold your phone with it plugged in and you turn to one side, 
and then mm-hmm. there's this horrible jerking feeling, and you're like, oh, did I just snap a cable off inside of my phone? Uh, yeah. Luckily, haven't yet myself. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't do a Black Friday adventure because the um, I was going to go out to get a, a miniature, and then the the system broke down, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't. I didn't really have any toy hunting to do because uh, the way that toy hunting is right now for me is a lot of. Amazon and EB GameStop pre-orders that I kind of just sit around and watch and see if they actually pan out, and then the occasional visit to an EB GameStop. Uh, so it was a pretty late Black Friday over here, but I do have Transformers stuff I can talk about, so let's do a little bit of that acquisition inquisitions about Transformers that we got lately that are on our minds. Uh, talk about some toys. I will start, because I got a golden disc collection piece. Oh, because uh, I'm in Canada and I had an Amazon order, so I got Jackpot and Sites. Um, Sites is really cool because that's one of my favorite TCG characters. So that was that was kind of fun for me. Also, it was fun to uh, plug Sites onto the top of Jackpot's roof in, in car mode and say I put my Sites on the Jackpot. Uh, because uh, uh-huh. his name is Jackpot. Uh-huh. So Jackpot uh-huh. has gorgeous colors, uh-huh. and um, each half of Jackpot's head sculpt uh, is awesome. The, the 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 new head is great. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, I am not the freak occurrence that can say I got a good one, even though apparently my photo looked fine aside from the paint. Uh, seems like a universal problem with Jackpot is that the left half of his helmet uh, is about a millimeter. To a half, let's say a half millimeter higher than the right half of his helmet. Um, on the front, it doesn't look as bad because bits still kind of line up, and it looks like it's just a, a paint tampograph that was like you know off by a bit with the silver. But when you go to the top and especially the back, it's just misaligned. I uh, don't know what happened. Um, it's I think it's glued together, so I have not felt like splitting it open to figure it out. I'm sure someone more industrious can do that instead of me. Uh, and it's a shame because the head sculpt is really good. Like, I forgot this about Jackpot from Action Master's era, but his, his helmet is literally a little car. There's two wheels on the back and a bumper, and it looks like his head could pop off and transform into a little car. Which, hey, I'm surprised that no one has ever done that so far, because that seems like it would be a really cool twist on a headmaster. Uh, so that's, that's the warts out of the way. Like, he's, uh, he is a retool of Studio Series 86 Jazz with a new head, uh, and that head is great, but misassembled, and I don't really see how one fixes it without a lot of modeling skill, um, and a matching silver paint. You, you get yourself, you get yourself some files. Oh, no, you, you can't. Advice. Oh, I thought you meant file the, file the half down that was sticking up, because then you just, you'd still have misaligned yeah. sculpting. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got you got to get the whole range of files and then like, ah. file across it to make it all even, and then repaint it. Then all. you'd have to re-sculpt yeah, it with the files too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yes. Uh, the, Look, y- you say you have a problem. I offer you solutions, and what do you do? You mock me. Uh, you know a little bit, um, but I appreciate it. Uh, well, one other nice thing to say about the head is the the range of ball joint emotiveness is actually w- a little bit wider than on Jazz, so it's a really good fit. The, the only problem is this little misalignment, and honestly, it doesn't ruin the figure for me because um, it's not it is j- it is just misaligned enough, so you can't ignore it. But it's not so misaligned that it's not, it's not like a, a you know a, a, a late botcon piece gone wrong. You know, like it's not mm-hmm. that bad, but it's still 
pretty bad. And if you're a more demanding person, especially for something that is a golden disc collection exclusive off Amazon, that might have been a battle for you to get a hold of. I don't know how Jackpot's going to go outside of Canada. Then that, that would be very irritating. Um, but yeah, the colors are, are so spot on and they look really good on Jazz's alt mode. I will say everything that was clear plastic on Jazz is clear plastic on Jackpot. I haven't actually had a problem on either of mine, but I've also noticed that photos of the hairline fracture on Jazz, I even when it's highlighted, I can't see it really well. And I looked at my Jazz, and he might have the hairline fracture, but I can't actually tell. So I'm not the best judge for this stuff. Um, all I can really say objectively is Jackpot doesn't have clear blue plastic. He has clear yellowy-orange plastic. So, you know, maybe that's a different chemical mixture. Um, I, I guess my only other real crit is sights, you know, is, is, is pterodactyl. He turns into an axe, but happens to have a handle so that, you know, he can be held as a gun, a la, a la sights. Uh, sadly, there is no way to integrate the jazz handgun with sights at all. There's no matching pegs or ports, so you can't do the, the true action master play pattern. Nor can you store both of them on jackpot in alt mode, and if I have to give up one of those guns, it's going to be the dinky little jazz gun, because Sights is a much bigger, cooler gun who turns into a bird. Um, so, uh, interesting first impression, you know, from the Golden Disc Collection. Uh, the packaging looks neat, um, and uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with people who have said of all the ones to get released months early in Canada, this is certainly the most boring of the four golden disc boxes that could have come out uh but you know I'm, I'm still happy with it you know i don't i don't hate it i i'm uh curious to see how the journey goes with all the clear plastic on my end but uh yeah that's that's my main get um because that that came in really recently were, were either of you guys going after that golden disc stuff or was it were you even able to order it i don't know how that went outside of canada mm, i've got a um... I've got a couple on order. I didn't go in for like the entire collection, but I didn't have any like real issue with it. Okay. I, I didn't either, yeah. uh, except with Terrorsaur. That one was a problem, but I, I only ordered the other three because Terrorsaur disappeared. And I was like, well, I just want to sit on pre-orders now because I don't know if they're going to vanish or not. Uh, yeah, I got an order in on Terrorsaur because that was like unique mold territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought about Tigatron, which I guess I could still pre-order, uh, looks like, um, just as kind of like a backup in case I don't see the white tiger Tigatron yeah. because distribution hell. Um, yeah. but yeah, the other two, the, the like road ranger puffer, like doesn't terribly excite me Two two copies of the same mold that I thought was all right. And then. Um, the the jazz repaint also was just kind of um eh, also ran for my feelings and and now you're also you know you can you can talk yourself even further out of that one because of the head thing yeah if that's <laughs> every head every head that I, everybody that I've seen say anything about that head is like it's even sitting here now looking at the Amazon photos it looks like his chin strap is. Like, one side is significantly lower than the other. So what's which... super weird is on mine, even though it's misaligned, the chin strap and the forehead ridge right above the eyes, or the visor, those parts mm -hmm. match up. So I'm like, that mm -hmm. that makes me think that something actually that went is... wrong with the... That is super weird, then, because I would yeah. I would feel like if if it was, like, everybody's... 
And everybody's that I've seen has kind of been a little bit different each time. So I wonder if it's just a matter of like one side just doesn't like whatever. Is there a screw that goes through that connects them? No. And then there's <laughs> like some minor. Li- ha- mm. That's the weird. Yeah, there, there's something that is poorly designed. I wonder if it's a case where like there are multiple heads on a sprue. Well, the one, the, one thing, the one thing I know for sure is the head is at least three parts because the face and the visor are one piece with the ball socket mm-hmm. and then the helmet is two pieces that clamp onto it. Okay. And the thing is, I do have a, I have one little theory that I can't prove because I don't have the tools to measure it. And, I, you know, this is this is not a common occurrence in toy mass production, but it kind of matches the symptoms. I wonder if in production just something is up with the tooling just some some factor is up whereby mm. the left half comes out a slightly different shape due to heat or due to how it's pulled out or something. Yeah. Like, well, no, what I, w- what I was sitting there very briefly thinking, which probably doesn't make sense, is if these came along later in the process and if they, for whatever reason, have, like, you, that could be left side uh, of the A or left side of a B, yeah, and a right side of an A and a right side of a B, and the A's go well together and the B's go well together. But if you get an A and a B together, it doesn't. But that wouldn't make sense because then you'd you'd have, have multiple to have heads a, for each. Yeah, yeah, a different a different push. That makes that's attached somewhere else. But I don't know. That makes that makes total sense except for the part where they would, unless something's really weird with that mold, they'd be ending up with more heads per bodies. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I get I get what you mean because it does look. It's so weird because. The whole thing should be misaligned, and maybe it's an optical yeah. illusion due to the silver paint or something, or maybe it's like it's just less pronounced, or maybe there are more components yeah. that I'm not seeing, but it's yeah. really weird. I wonder if it's also just how many times have we seen left half head, right half head on a toy? Uh, I know we've seen it, but now I can't cite any off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, it, it's not anything that's terribly frequent, so I wonder if it's just a matter of they don't have nearly as much experience in doing it this way and didn't like tolerance it correctly. Like it like is the, usually front front the, back, the, right? With the, helmets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the the slop in the in the tolerances, you know, normally they know to do it like outwards on the head because that's not going to be as visible or whatever. And then they didn't align it correctly in the sprue. So like you said, however it comes ac- comes apart, then when it goes together, like the excess flash or whatever that would be going on ends up spurting out the wrong place yeah. and then we're here. This all it just almost looks like the like one half cured differently than the other half. Like just the with the yeah. dimensions as they are. And this is all I you know, before any before anyone thinks that like, you know, this is the answer. Like we we not neither of us work in toy engineering, so like we're kinda of spitballing with educated guesses. But it is a uh, it seems to be 100% so far widespread problem. So I'm, I'm really curious what happened. I know that we'll never find out most probably, but I am curious what happened. Uh, you know, maybe next time there is a Hasbro Q and A, someone could just ask them. Maybe they won't, they won't mind. <laughs> just go like, yo, it's a 100% thing. So we're all cool. What's up with Jackpot's head? <laughs> can you just, can you, can you pack a new Jackpot head in with something? <laughs> Put in an accessory pack. Uh, anyway, Aaron, um, amidst your, amidst your travels of late, have you picked up any fresh Transformers that are on your mind? 
I, I have. I've picked up three that I've opened in the last short while that I could talk about. Holy moly. TJ, chime in if they are relevant to you. I, I don't even know what they are. So. Mm-hmm. I got I'll I'll start off with Waspinator. Oh, yep. Oh, I have news for Oh man, yeah, Waspinator that shipped today. So I have <laughs> Okay. I, I have a shipping update. How 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 is the sh- how is the shipping update on that? Do, did you like it? Is it Yeah, it was really it, well, it's Amazon Canada, so have good hand hand feel. They're, they're saying that it should be here on Sunday or Monday, you know? So that that'll be interesting. And it, it uh, was a clear font. I was really really pleased with the font. Okay. Yeah. Um I I do uh have a crit which is that they stopped putting an image into the email that says your order has shipped so it just says a number and i'm mm-hmm. like well i don't know what that means those numbers are very long so you then you have to click through to see what it was that they're talking about and i find that rather irritating so you know i'm gonna yeah i, I i've i've noticed that trend in a few online shops like it took me a little while i got a a shipping notification saying that uh your your order from what was it like diamond distributors has shipped and i'm like what the what heck order heck if <laughs> i ordered from diamond distributors what the heck is that and please list contents yeah and it was like a tracking number and i'm like okay well i'm glad that i have a tracking number but what is this order i love that yeah i've gotten that those mystery tracking numbers where i'm just like well like yeah then you so it's then you're either like well now either i comb through everything from the last year to figure out try to match it up or i just shrug and i say hooray mystery mail yeah i guess it'll show up when it does and then, like after poking around for a little bit, I found out that it was the um, the the deck builder. Oh the boy! I deck builder. Okay, remind me. I I got some funny news about that that I should mention, but I don't want to cut right into your waspinator talk. I'm going to okay. write myself a note. But yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we're talking about waspinator. Yeah. So uh, it sure is eventually a, like a waspinator. I think the previous release was significantly better. The T30, thrilling thirty. Um, yeah, the thrilling thirty one. All right. Um, ju- there's just a lot of little oddity things, and he doesn't like click and hold nearly as well as I'd like in quite a few places. Um, yeah, and that, and then the one thing that has clicked and held very well is his like hip piece into his wasp butt piece, and I can't get it to transform back uh, right now because of that, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very he's got like you know the the wasp leg on the back of his arms and then the other two on his feet but with the way that they sit like they knock into each other. Ah, uh, that's annoying. So it's yeah. And and you can move them around, but it's a matter of like well, that's not nearly as it would be nice if they had a like a, a a fold part they just mushroom peg into the side of the leg. So it's not it doesn't even like there's nothing there that would necessarily prevent it from, like, if it had just that little notch and it could just kind of get out of the way the tiniest bit, I would be much less upset at it, at its dumbness, but it's not, and it doesn't. Mm. So, that's a, let's call it fun part of it, <laughs> along with... um just his arms, the the shoulders, just want to, like, just move regardless of how you of where you want them to go. It's like the the pins are just very, uh, like there's no there's no bite on them, and it's frustrating. I should I should have actually mentioned that was a little problem I had with jackpot um, 
which I have not had as much on Jazz, but on Jackpot it was a bit more noticeable. Those pin rivet knee hinges are already pretty jangly on on Jackpot, and uh, mm-hmm. pin pins for for joints are like they look real nice, um, and when they work really well, boy, are they are they neat. But they they are also very hard to interact with as far as like tweaking them as the end user. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of like maybe 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 ball socket joints are cool too. <laughs> maybe maybe friction yeah. hinges or something are cool too. <laughs> there it finally knocked loose. Yeah, the the hips that fold back into the stinger are so dang tight. Hmm. And it uh, Yep. Uh TJ, I want to see I it sounds like you got wasp mater as well. Is this is this mirroring your experience mm-hmm. at all or did you end up with uh, a better uh user user experience? I mean not especially. I mean, uh, bias aside, yeah, I do. I I do really like the figure. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's superior to the Thrilling Thirty One or not. I feel like it's superior in that, that no hinges have broken on mine yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably construction wise, it'll be better than the Thrilling Thirty that had its issues. But I think all the rest of the way around, because like his waist is limited by his wasp mandibles running into the side of his hips. Mm, yeah. Like when you turn him. And it's just, it's some things that are just sad. And like his, I wish that his, his wings can overlap each other, but the way that the plastic of like the smaller part of the wing is, like if one of, if they were layered differently, you could get them to like fold over on themselves better instead of stacking high. Like they could, fold in a little bit better mm-hmm. it's a thing that just has i i to me it feels like just a bunch of like five percent problems that just all add up to like a b minus grade mm-hmm. uh-huh it it, it sounds so more cohesive than scorponok from what you're describing to me at least oh yes, uh, definitely it definitely is, is definitely is more cohesive than scorponok yeah. you don't have like odd things just hanging open the way that scorponok does um but there's just like like I said, I wish that like at least for his the insect legs that are on his robot legs, I wish that they had another point to condense themselves down. I think would make a significant change in how I feel about him because the insect legs that are at his elbows, I'm okay with because there's plenty of different ways that you could do that and pose those that you could get more out of if the double legs on his legs weren't interfering. Follow that. Makes sense if you follow that. See, I, I do get issues with that on mine. Um, I, what I like about him, though, is like the there are improvements, especially over the Thrilling 30, that make, him, that make me like him a lot more. I like how much thicker the bug legs are because he feels a lot more secure in beast mm-hmm. mode. And... I love they finally they finally gave me like the jointing I wanted on the wings so he can actually have them displayed upward in robot mode which looks yeah. way better. I wonder if those little 5% like niggles are the kinds of things that that a DNA designer someone might just make parts for that you could swap in especially if it's just mushroom pegged on. Um yeah, I'm I'm sure that there's that like there's a different answer out there. Um for those and then like i get i guess my other 
issue that I kind of have with it. It's just a matter of, like, because you can't do magic of the way that his feet kind of awkwardly for, form up and become part of the chest. And when you look at him from the side, it's like, oh, there's robot hands sticking out the middle of the body as well as his, like, shins and feet folded up against the chest. Like, that's one that I know is just kind of nonsense because it's a robot that turns into an insect. Oh, like, with the hands. It's not going to be magic in is it, is it? Is it, though, like that trailbreaker that 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 uh, Earthrise Trailbreaker and, and Hoist thing that is kind of weird, where it's like I know the hands have to go somewhere, but could you at least have had had me like turn them so they weren't like like hand parts forward? Um, like there's a stock photo in our podcast list. Oh yeah, that that is the same thing. Yeah, because I'm like I don't yeah. mind the hands being there, but it's like at least let me turn them so the knuckles are out so that like. It's not like finger yeah, bits. I, 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 I'm I, I'm sure that you can turn the knuckles so that they face outwards, but there's also like a whole layer where so on the inside of his arms, um, that would be like on the inside of the forearm, there is a tab that connects into the inside of the the like the ankle to help hold it together and and beast mode along with like just there's just some like odd geometry in there mm-hmm. that is part of what holds it together that works good but it just ends up kind of odd up until the moment you realize like oh i have to guide and align these three pieces together it's it's not bad design it's different design that i i don't know i don't I don't know if there's a better answer out there within the standard Transformers Deluxe price point. Yeah, but but it it's it's some. Hmm, I do wonder. Hmm, okay, that's a that's a choice, I guess. I do wonder if it if it hits the same line that I actually kind of felt Scorponok hit of like the base concept is is in fact really dang cool, and if this were mm-hmm. a slightly larger kind of price point agnostic piece where you could have added a, like another chunk that could fold out to cover something. Yeah. Then like oh you just invented masterpiece waspinator cool <laughs> yeah it it is in it is it is in that range of I I you know I I think that theoretically there is a toy that does waspinator that is in this size that probably isn't in this price but is in this like physical dimensions yeah. that is better um but man eh, if. If you like Waspinator, it's not a bad toy. In fact, I'm sorry. I'm... If you like Beast War stuff, it's not a bad toy. I'm glad that I've bought it. It's just not going to be something that I sit there and fiddle with. The, the more he's going to, he's very shortly probably going to get end up in a bag along with his instructions and in a bin. The, the more I'm looking at this Wasp picture, I'm actually thinking. I mean, I don't know how it works, but it, it looks to me like if you were to remove those rear, the, the mushroom pegged rear two bug legs and plug in just another piece that has bug legs on it and also a back of the robot mode leg that back of the robot mode mm-hmm. leg piece could then fold up and cover the hand. And then all of a sudden you're, uh, you are, you know, you're adding price, but you're adding and you're adding material and yeah. you're solving little problems. It, um, it could be an interesting, there, there is somebody on Etsy that for $5 is selling back of leg fillers. He's got to make a transforming back of leg filler, which I'm, yeah. unfortunately it seems like Ma- that just is DNA design. It's like no one else is really, um, doing elaborate, stuff anymore other than dna it seems but yeah uh I, I i this does look pretty cool like i i uh i actually don't mind 
the concept of fused bug legs, if only because of the aforementioned stability thing. Uh, like that, yeah. that is, you know, a potential boon. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward it, to this one still, I think. I, I definitely feel like it's a decision that was made in order to make, like, the Wasp will stand in, stand up on those bug legs pretty yeah. well. By itself. The decision seems to have been made in that direction, and I am fine with that. That is, mm. that is a good direction. Like, if you're going to make a choice and, you know, and you've got two choices to make, that is totally acceptable. Yeah, and there's there's sculpt stuff on this I'm digging too, and and TJ I, I agree with you. Like a, the the different range on the wings is is definitely a thing I'm into. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, like I, I think I think on the Thrilling Thirty, like the the fact they gimmick the wings is what annoyed me the most because you couldn't do anything with them. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This this is really this is really close. And, and yeah, it, it definitely, I, I hadn't really looked this close at a stock photo of him yet. Cause I was just like, well, I'll pick him up. He's a deluxe, but like, yeah, this is, and then I ruined it for you. No, no, you're, you're, you're helping temper my expectations. <laughs> it, it, I think I'm, I think I'm going to end up digging him. Cause I like a lot about Scorponok, even though I was kind of lukewarm on Scorponok. And this looks like it is on, on the other end of that. I am curious though. Do you all feel like the beast side of kingdom uh peaked a little bit in wave two like i i the i haven't picked up rhinox yet still because uh, i see him I, i've seen him a lot oddly even given that i'm mostly just looking in, in eb game stops but i'm I'm always i'm almost kind of sitting there like between air razor and dinobot like did that somehow like expend all the juice and then they were they were like, oh god, we still got like two and a half waves well, left. I, I feel like it's a thing that like there's probably a lot of beast wars characters that are problematic. Oh yeah, just just because like I mean the original beast wars toys for the animal modes, how many of them had real posability? My like Cheetor didn't. My main thing is like is I f- Rhinox didn't. Optimus Primal did because it was a primate and used all the same joints for all the same things. Yeah. So like you, you dump all that slop in one direction and then you're fine. Well now, you know, you want the, the beast modes to have articulation. And so then now that means you basically have to design two different things that kind of fit inside of each other. And, well, I'm, I'm not, I, w- I would say, I don't know that that really affects, like, I'm looking at Scorponok very specifically, I don't know that really that's that's affecting him so much. Uh, but also, I would say Air Razor was very much on the more problematic end, in my mind, like, going into this thing. So I'm like, the fact that Air Razor has ended up, like, kind of my favorite deluxe of this entire, like, year so far, <laughs> I... I kind of mm-hmm. wonder, I know this isn't how it works, but it really feels like Air Razor was such a triumph that just, like, everyone was exhausted afterwards. And then they were like, oh, wait, okay, okay, let's go, we're going to tackle Scorponok and Waspinator next. But then, like, you know, fatigue, you know, it's like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. But also, we we kind of we kind of cracked open Pandora's box to solve Air Razor. Oh, kind of kind of drowsy here. <laughs> uh and this is obviously like also like two years removed and whatnot. And this isn't how toy design works. It just feels like the like bigger problem child beast characters all occupied wave one and two, and then like characters who feel like they would be less of less of a problem to solve uh, have been not like terrible, just like I feel notably weaker than uh, some of the wave one and two stuff. So it's 
it's odd. It's an odd little, like, I, I do want to collect the rest of it just because it makes for a strange little timeline. And who knows, maybe Air Razor was designed later because everything's two years re- removed anyway. So, you know, stuff mm-hmm. can get shifted around. Either way, um, I'm going to actually say, just in case there's more crossover, I'm going to bop, bop back and forth here. So that was that was one of Aaron's. Uh, TJ, do you have any other uh, Transformers stuff on your end? Uh, uh, might as well cover might as well cover the wave made Shadow Panther. Shadow Panther. I got Shadow Panther. I I put up a video about Shadow Panther. Even holy moly, I I saw Shadow Panther and skipped it because it's the same. Right? It is literally Cheetor. Yes. Uh, okay. In fact, the tab broke off faster on Shadow Panther for me than on Cheetor. Oh yeah, mine went <laughs> mine went immediately. Yeah, I was actually shocked because I was like, well, I know about it now, and I'm doing my best to work around it, and it's it it's gone. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, I my my the tab on my Cheetor never broke. My, yeah. I don't know. But I don't know how. My, the tab on my Cheetor, I think, only broke because I aggressively transformed him so many times, trying to figure out like how to how to make the thing work. Uh, but yeah, Shadow Panthers just went, and a couple folks in the, my comments and etc. And have, sounds like Shadow Panthers tab either just went on people faster, and or people knew about it and just snipped the thing off so they wouldn't think about it. <laughs> uh. I'm pretty sure mine was broken out of the box. That's what I'm going with right now. It could well have been, you know. Uh, but yeah, the tab, the tab aside, you know, and for anyone who's who hasn't heard, the tab also means nothing. It does nothing helpful. In fact, it's an impediment. So <laughs> don't worry about the tab. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, how are you feeling about Shadow Panther? I mean, it is Cheetor again, but I do like that Cheetor mold a lot. Me too. And I'm, I, I'm thrilled that they went with the mutant head. Because it looks yeah. fantastic. It looks really good, and they gave it, like, that top-tier Hasbro silver paint. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it is just another Cheetor, and in fact, I think that the Panther, quote-unquote, mode is a little underpainted. But the silver paint is, like, that absolute top-tier Hasbro silver. Like, the one that is so smooth and shiny, you can't see the flakes. It's so shiny. like Yeah. Oh, it looks good on that no, mutant head. But- yeah, well, my my favorite part of the deco is the fact they painted in the hinge the right color. Oh, the yeah, <laughs> the not the the fake hinge on the sides of the head. Yeah, yeah, I I I didn't praise that all that heavily, but I had at least one comment on the video say that that was in fact a clincher for someone, and I'm like, no, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that added little polish, you know. Yeah, yeah, they they went all out on the head. Uh, and the silver paint is also on the arms. It's on, I think, the forearms, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so in robot mode, that figure looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I just think he's kind of a little like I don't know what else they would have done, but, really. But like, yeah, he's a he's a he's a black panther or or, or like a black jaguar or something. This one. it's like, what would you do? Yeah, I, I don't know like, what you do there's... really. It's just like I looked at him and Cheetor side by side, and I'm like, I'm like. All of these spots on Cheetor ha- seem to, and this is in the one-to-one world that doesn't really exist either, but I was just equating it. I was like, so we lost all the spots, and I got Hasbro's Magic Silver paint, which I like, but I'm like, all all those spots, though, <laughs> there were so many spots on Cheetor. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I would have liked to see some more of the silver paint somewhere as an accent, but also I just like that silver paint a lot. Uh... But it's it's you know that's my that's really my biggest problem with them is I, I felt like 
you know, in character, granted, he felt a little bit underpainted, but otherwise, yeah, it's 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 killer. Also, I guess my other little thing is, like, it's really weird that that's in the main line. <laughs> like, that's a select yeah, he, figure. He, oh, he is. He absolutely is. It's weird when you realize they've already re-released the mold at retail for the Netflix line. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like they even needed another use. And they'd made Ravage out of it, too, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Ravage, who ostensibly halfways replaces Shadow Panther for a lot of people, like not for me, but for a lot of people. Can I go ahead and talk about Ravage if we're gonna bring up the better Black Cat? I uh, yeah, we'll 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 pivot we'll pivot straight to Ravage okay. after this one because actually I did I I got a discount Ravage, so I, I... Uh, oh so we're all, we're all ravaging. Oh okay, we'll mm-hmm. just pivot. Well, okay, so Shadow Panther. Is there actually that much else get... to say about Shadow Panther? I... Uh, I could use more yellow in the robot mode lower below the waist. That's it. There you go. And you know what? That would solve my problem. One more major paint app would have solved my paint qualm immediately. So I, I, I would be down with that. Uh, but yeah, Rav- Ravage is is better. Uh, <laughs> my, here's my little story. How about that cassette, huh? My little story is I got I, I found a Ravage after securing another Ravage, but then I, I found one for an extra five or I think it was five or ten percent off because the top of the box was ripped. So I was like, oh, this will be my open Ravage because the box is really nice. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind having a second one that's sealed because it looks really good. Uh, but yeah, that little cassette, that little cassette with everything tampoed on, has that happened before? I can't remember. No. That's it's the first time it's been tampoed on both sides. Because it looks really good. Uh, and I, I also decided that I actually really like Ravage's alt mode as the cassette with the two rocket launchers just still in place. So it's like a little flying rectangle. I was like, this actually works, kind of, now that we've had so many more Cybertronian modes. Uh, yeah, that Ravage is good. Um, it's a weird toy. I had one since I was little, so I, I kind of knew, but like, Anyone who hasn't messed with G1 Ravage before, G1 Ravage is super weird. He's like, he's like tall Mario, like skinny Mario, because uh, he's just long and kind of stretched. It's odd. <clears throat> but uh, Aaron, you you he's, a, he's a flat cat. You seem you seem to think that Ravage is better than Shadow Panther, really? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Just the the arms going through and ending up in his back. Um, oh just yeah, like yeah, it was like butter. Because I saw oh, with the two bits, like, right? With the two bits that lock yeah, in. Oh, the, the two bits that line up and lock in. And it was like because when I first pulled him out of the package, I'm like, oh boy, he's got the cat crap on the back of the arms. <laughs> Remember this being a pain before? Okay, fine. And then I was like, but no, because he's robot. Or his his like robot chest is there as a cat chest. Let me take a look at this and. The way that, you know, because that hole is there, the front legs of the the panther mode fold back better, like tuck into there. Mm. And it was like an improvement on both fronts. What? Okay. All right. I can dig it. Did you uh, swap the front legs around? I did not. Are you supposed to swap the front? Yeah, legs? so it's a minor yeah, it's they, a minor thing, no. but they are actually like the the ones that are ball socketed on the front uh, beast mode legs are backwards. Um, you just pop one off and pop the other off, and then it's mostly be- for the shape of the the bent leg. As far as I know, that's been universal. But you may you might have ended up with one. Though. Yeah, yeah. They they do snap better into the back of the robot mode. 
if you have them flipped too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the the meteor part of the leg should be forward. Oh no! Like ball joint. If you go ball joint straight down, or like the cut straight down. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like think of the shape. Think of the shape of a digitigrade leg. So that that should be bending like an elbow. There's a lot of photos too. I, my ravage is literally in the other room. I didn't bring them over here. Uh, but there, there, there are a lot of photos showing the the difference. Um, the stock photo has it backwards, is what I could say. Um, I'm gonna dig up that stock photo for you while we're talking. But uh, I do agree. I do actually agree with you that that this is like this. This is taking a mold that, admittedly, is not that popular. I think TJ, you and me are a little bit in the minority as far as liking that Cheetor so much, but it, this, this Ravage like takes a mold I already liked and then like just cleans up all the edges and adds another step. That's really cool. And like, just makes it better. I really like this Ravage. I want to, I want to say part of my like is just the visceral hatred I have for the last new Cheetor mold we got that, you know, that is part of it too. That, I mean, I think that's it for me a little bit. Uh, is and also this Cheetor, I just think turned out well. Like I think a lot of the a lot of the problems with them are more the colors than the actual mm-hmm. mold. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, Aaron, I'm I'm gonna share with you a little picture. So that is what those legs look like backwards. Uh, the front legs are backwards on them. Um, so if you flip them around, then... yeah, apparently apparently mine are 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 backwards as well. Yeah. It's easy to miss, but once someone pointed it out, I I was like, oh, I see it immediately. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. This this thing's transformation is good. The accessories are good. Uh, I think that the exposed robot thighs in the back even look good because of the rockets back there. Like it just looks like mm-hmm. it looks like that's how the rockets have attached, and they've like you know they burned away the the fur that would have been there. Uh, and the yeah, this is all around a hit. This figure, like if any, I guess the only real problem is that. Like, he can be kind of pricey if you don't feel anything for the packaging or that G1 Ravage cassette. Like, that's, a, I think, a lot of the premium you're paying for, more so than the retooling. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say it's kind of bad because, you know, in the cartoon, he did turn into a cassette, too, and that they couldn't pull that off. I think that's kind of... <laughs> I like that the artwork <laughs> on the back does kind of try it, but also in doing so shows yeah. you that, like, this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a bunch of round shapes, and then suddenly he's a cassette. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, and and the, the cardboard in the package, including the, uh, like, the cassette door, I thought was, like... Okay, yeah, yeah. You had a little bit of extra cardboard. Have somebody, have somebody kick that out as they're putting it all together. Okay, proper that's, size. That's fun. I I, I slotted yeah. him right in there, and I was like, good. And then I was like, in fact, I then had a new problem, which is that this backdrop is so good. This backdrop should have been maybe built out a little bit better to be a standalone backdrop. Yeah. Uh, because it's got this one really cool slot for the cassette, but then the rest of it feels more like packaging than a backdrop. And I'm like, oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> if it was more like the like the studio series inserts. Yeah, you, and like just something, you know, to, to give it a little bit of st- mm-hmm. self-standing heft. Uh, mm-hmm. Or it's more wasteful, but for a prestige piece like this, a clamshell over the inner bubble so I could repackage the thing would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm still way into it. TJ, how how are you feeling about uh, Decepticons Forever Ravage? Uh, absolutely loving it. 
like I, I can echo everything. Like he has so many nice improvements over how Cheetor operates. Um, I, I, I think my only gripe would just be like my personal preferences of being like, well, maybe he should have been a robotic Jaguar, you know, cause he never scanned a beast mode and he's got these exposed legs in, in the beast mode that just kind of stick out. But honestly, like, I don't care about Ravage's alt mode. I genuinely don't. Because <laughs> he, yeah, he gen... He's never going to turn into that tiny little cassette from the cartoon. He's mm-hmm. just not going to do it. So I'm not going to get bent out of shape over what he turns into or how it looks. It looks good enough. It has the same goofy thing that the Metals Ravage did where the robot mode head is the same as Beast mode head. So we now have, like... We we have shat we essentially we have Shadow Panther with artificial hips and Tigatron's black head on the front. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird amalgamation. And it, the thing the thing about his transformation is like what what I really like is it just actually is fun to do, and I'm like that's not the thing I'm used mm-hmm. to with with this kind of character where it's like you know the alt mode is a little bit you know of a. It's almost like just an accessory rather than a feature. But like, I actually enjoy transforming him, and uh, I, 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 I do wonder, like, in a world where this guy, you know, was more expensive, if they had like retooled the beast limbs as well to be a bit more robotic, I think that would have been super killer. Uh, and I, I dare say that would be also a fun, you know, uh, third-party add-on because those, at least those front legs, just could ball sock it off. Uh, is to do just like you know everything that could ball socket, just make a slightly more robotic looking replacement piece, um, to to kind of bring it all together. Um, it's absolutely yeah, not necessary, like, but <laughs> yeah. This is my thought, and before is like if you by the time you retool all of this, like how much beast mode, like how much like fur molded parts from Cheetor are really left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's not even like he's the same from the waist down, right? Like he's still got. If I recall correctly, he's got a couple unique bits in the uh, legs. Well, well, the new, well, the thighs are completely different, yeah. and the way uh, he doesn't have like the removable tail weapon, so that, that yeah, all that, all that's different. Yeah, so they're they're. they're I, I wonder if it is actually he just ran right into the ceiling of whatever they wanted him to cost because <laughs> the the leftover bits with fur on them, I think, are also like the only leftover bits from Cheetor aside from like the feet. Uh, oh yeah. But it was. I also thought it was kind of weird that they retooled the tail to be pinned on because I'm like, this, this seems like a lot of work for something that's not helping either mode. But <laughs> well, I, I wonder. I wonder if part of that's also just the clearances with, like, how everything else is sitting in there. Because with the new thighs, they probably had to change the dimensions of the back of the hip part. Hmm. And then if you're doing that, then it's like, okay, well, for us to keep the tail, then we have to do something else. Yeah, it's like a cascade effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also the fact that it's accurate to the model, so. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I was, I was just realizing, too, like, they kept, I think, right, they kept just the Cheetor front legs, but, like, the entire the entire assembly that they ball, they ball socket onto is completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. Like, I, I'm also, like, very fortunate that uh, in Canada, EB GameStop just got some copies of this on shelves. Uh, this is a very cool toy to just see on a shelf. Um, mm-hmm. 
So that that was that was also quite a boon. Uh, and at TFCon Toronto in in about a week and a half, uh, we got Lee Takar, if I recall correctly, uh, coming in. So there's opportunity to get the box signed by the voice actor in question. Um, I've probably butchered his last name, so my apologies. Um, but yeah, boy howdy. <laughs> I'm glad we all got this Ravage, because I was worried that this Ravage would be, a, like, a problem for folks outside of Canada to get, but sounds like it wasn't. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was TJ with Shadow Panther, then I guess Aaron with, uh, with Ravage. TJ, anything else on your end? Uh, I did get me one of them fancy Amazon packs, but mine was, uh, significantly more dinosaur-based. You know, they there are like a million Am- like Amazon exclusive Transformers have become so ubiquitous that like there's so, there's so many of them. But I'm guessing that you mean you got uh, um, what's it? Uh, I forgot the name of the film. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> there we go. There's that. There's that. 2021 brain rot coming into action. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that thing, that thing, I, I don't think that thing is has shipped in Canada yet, but I saw a whole lot of folks uh, in the, um, Europe, I think, and America were getting a hold of that. So how'd that turn out? Because I'm, I'm, I gotta get, I got high hopes for that, that set. Yeah. So, uh, Tyrannicon Rex is no huge surprise. It is Megatron with a new head. You know, so nothing like, nothing crazy to write home about. They didn't like reinvent the figure in any way, shape, or form. I guess. Uh, I guess my big question is, does that figure still feel any good on use number three? I mean, everything everything on it is tight. Okay. Like, I've got, I, I got some wonkiness in the ball joint for the neck, but I, mm. I feel like that's just a, a little bit of, like, tolerance issue in the ball, in the ball socket. Uh, the toy itself feels fine. Like, nothing seems loose or degraded in, in any way. All right. Like, yeah. Like, like the, the, the highlight to that is just like the fact that it's like lavishly decoed in the beast mode. Yeah. Just layer on top of layer to get that old Jurassic Park toy look. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, admittedly, I'm a little more excited for that, that figure just slightly more than for, uh, for the Jeep. If only also because they made that a new character who is also a female character who is also a big T-Rex. And it's like, these are all things that are, that seem like calculable risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. some that would have been calculable risks some years ago. So this is this is very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me that our, we finally our first female leader class toy is the the dinosaur from Jurassic Park. It's the yeah, you know, spot on, spot on. <laughs> um, I'm glad to hear that it sounds like the, that T Rex deco turned out as well because obviously you know we've talked about in past the. The robot mode is a little underpainted. I still think the robot mode looks fine in the plastic colors that, that she's got, but uh, I'm glad that that T-Rex sounds like it, it did turn out. The only oddness to it is, like, the way they painted the eyes, they look like they're rolling back in its head. The It's the sheer ecstasy of being the apex predator. <laughs> Apparently. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I will say it's one of those packagings where it's like this one I almost wouldn't take out of the box if the box wasn't so freaking big because it displays beautifully. And I'm I'm guessing that it's not a very easy thing to put back together once you cut twist ties. Uh, no, it does depend on those pretty heavily. Uh, yeah. Mm. 
Uh, so JP93. Yeah, the new one. Just going up there on the worst na- li- names I've seen for a Transformer. Uh, the toy itself is fine. Um, it, it's it, it it's weird, like because it's such a weirdly unique figure. Again, the paint deco on it is just insane. In order to get everything looking the way it did in the movie, you know, it's tampographed and painted all over the place. Honestly, the transformation itself just does not do a whole lot for me. Is it kind of uh, is it is it sort of uh, a rote one? Is it kind of like following a sort of some known patterns? I mean, essentially, yeah. Uh, uh, I I get a lot of vibes of like because it it does it does have like standard style like you know Datsun or Jazz style like physical shape to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the arms do something a little bit odd where like the the tires they're mounted on the back of the tire at the shoulder so those will fold up one eighty. And they kind of tuck away in the vehicle mode a little bit weird, but that's literally it. Like everything else, just kind of feels just run of the mill. Mm-hmm. And I don't like I don't like how like the transformation joint is is uh, the knee itself in this case because it it there's there's just something that feels odd about uh, bending the knee when it's designed to like flip 180 degrees over without being a double jointed knee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. Like, w- once we started having the second joint to, to keep the knee dedicated, like, it, it can feel a little bit like... I don't even know that I feel it's negative inherently, but, like, it just it does it does feel like something's missing now when you're just folding the knee on itself, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, beyond that, it's really... it's Like, engineering on it is just pretty simple. Like, I, I think... Part of this feels like it, it doesn't look like a pre-tool of skids like everyone assumed. Yeah. Because it does form very differently from how skids seems to from the stock photos we've seen so far. Yeah, uh, I, it, I wasn't expecting that to... I, I remember, I wasn't... Ex- I, I didn't think that was a ridiculous notion, but I wasn't really expecting it to be a pre-tool once, we, once we'd had things like Maverick. I was like, this could well just be a truck transformer that they designed. Yeah. But it does, it does feel like they kept things as simple as possible because they were only getting one use out of the mold. And I, I mm. assume because so much went into the paint on the figure instead of, I, I will tell you that the, the biggest disappointment to it is for what is likely going to be a one-off mold. The joints are not great on it. Uh, like, the hips are just like a little one one notch looser than I like. The elbows are back to ball joints, and they are not great ball joints. They feel like cyberverse level ball joints. So it, it, mm. there's some jank there. There's some jank there. I'm not happy with. Like other than that, it's just, it's just it's kind of bog standard. Like they're like it, it the set itself really does sell itself just on just how strong they went on the Jurassic Park uh, deco and theme and the figures themselves, you know, just, you know, it's Kingdom Megatron, slightly different. And then it's, you know, a pretty standard, pretty standard figure. Like it reminds me of uh, the Aveo swerve. Yeah, I was gonna, I was thinking about that. Yeah, where it doesn't do anything like 
crazy or outlandish. It was just like, it, it's it's there to serve a purpose. We know it's only going to get used this one time, so let's not go crazy with it. Yeah, I'm, but like this actually really is sounding like what I was hoping for. Like that, all that, all everything you're saying about the paint is very exciting to me, and uh, and I, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind this description of, of JP ninety three. Um, if only because if they're if if the the joints are hinky on mine as well, if if they are very ball socket oriented, like that's that's a much easier thing to tweak uh, than any you know anything else. Um. And I don't, I don't mind a bog standard robot as long as like the, you know, the front and end results look good and the process isn't a pain. And it sounds like it's pretty straightforward. So, uh, that coupled with the fact that also these collab transformers are all new characters, as I've always been harping on, like it makes for, for stuff that I'm kind of excited to mess with. Cause it's, it's not like, you know, some weird event piece. It's not like another character masquerading under like a, a branded costume. Like it's a. You know, you know, even though one of them is a new head redeco of, of of a Megatron, it's still a new character. You know, as we have gotten new characters before. So, yeah, I guess yeah. The only thing that I'm kind of not excited about is is like making the room to film and then disassemble that that packaging because it sounds like that's just in general a bummer. <laughs> uh, this all sounds better than Ultimate Expanse as far as like the the end result because it. It, I like that you can't just immediately identify JP93 as some other character, and I, I like that it sounds like everything kind of works for the most part, other than some some wiggly wiggly ball joints. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still down for this. Um, and I guess we'll uh we'll bop over Aaron. Um, anything else on your end? I got myself one of them Rekgars. Oh, a, a, a Studser 86 Rekgar? Mm-hmm. That toy is very good as a standalone. I'm still kind of bummed out about that seat connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, he's got some... I, I, I've transformed him a couple times, and I, I feel like this is a very G1 transformation that just happens to be more poseable. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. I, I think... It also cleans up some of the less pleasant parts of the G1 toy. Cause that G1 toy is a little, like, cluttery to transform. Like, there's a lot of parts mm-hmm. that bump into each other, and, and this new one also, like, it has a better order of operations. But I otherwise, yeah, uh, it is not doing a new transformation for the most part. Like, everything ends up in yeah. the same spot. It was. I think it was, like, on my second or third transformation, I was sitting there going through it. I was like, that's what... That's what this like, like feeling is. Um, but yeah, I while waiting on tires, listened to the podcast where you two talked about it. So I'll say go back and listen to that podcast. It's about the same feelings. Uh, individual quibbles is the bicep on mine and the thigh swivel on mine. Both of those pegs on the right hand side feel like they're about three percent too large so if you like turn it back and forth a couple times it wants to work its way that's, off that's kind of what i was talking about with mine um not yeah. not too like i can i can pose them without it like being a huge problem but it is like very happy to come apart uh yeah if if i grab his his right so i can his his right thigh i can sit there i can push it in so then the like sculpting lines up on it but if i just turn it sideways and then turn it back it's already like a sixteenth of the way off yeah 
And if I turn it again, it comes off in my hand. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing that's just like, eh, uh, and it's just like, those are the, like, so close to the finish line problems. Um, but it's like, it's, it's that his, yeah, his right shoulder is the same way too. Everything right side. They just made like <laughs> 3% too large or something. I don't on know. mine, it's like everything on both sides is 1% too large, I guess would be the best yeah. way I could describe it. Uh, but man, oh man, the plastic on plastic bearing basic thing that they use for the tires sure spins a lot. Oh, it's time. a good it's a good spinner. They made a good fidget toy yeah. attached to that to that rec yeah. car. Uh that and another case of instructions not showing you everything. I sat there and kept eyeballing the odd panel on the back of his calf. Or on the back of his uh yeah on the on his calf. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what the heck was going on and then in robot mode saw how it sat, got a a nail file in there and popped out a kickstand. Yeah, he's got two of those. Yeah. It's like, hey, that'd be a neat thing to show <laughs> on the instructions, instruction guy. I'm just so, like, you. now that you have one, do you see how it looks like he should be able to ride himself? Yeah. It do- the dimensions are, 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 are there. It doesn't work. Um, All that underhang on his butt prevents the tab yeah. from lining up with the slot. It drives me nuts! I can't believe that that doesn't work. It was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's one of those things that, like, they, that designer A had in there, and then when it got along to, like, the manufacturing designer, it got dropped. Because that tab doesn't even work well on mine to keep him from not wanting to lean forward. Yeah, he he basically has an ab crunch, is the way that a lot of people have described it. Like, it's pretty universal that, like, it doesn't lock together in there super tight. Uh, like there should be detents on the side of that that help hold it all together. But then if you had those detents, you wouldn't need this odd peg and slot that don't work to to do the thing that you kind of ho- hope that they would do. There is a way for that to be retooled so that at least one could be a rider um, or or mm-hmm. the ridden. And so I'm I'm still like ho- kind of holding out a little bit of a you know a Moby Dick kind of pursuit of hope that like. If they do just a junkie on A or and or junkie on B version of this thing, maybe those will be tweaked. See what it will really be, it'll be it'll be it'll be the, the junkion, not retgar. And retgar can ride the junkion or the junkion can ride retgar, because why would you buy two retgars? They're the same character, it's the legend rule from magic. Hello. Uh, though it's uh it's you have both of them on your display at the same time. You have to sacrifice. One. Oh, I, I, it's a state base. I came fact. up with a headcanon for it. It makes sense. It's like Rekgar does not believe in ownership. So, like, hey, if if someone else wants to also be Rekgar, they're free to also be Rekgar. You know, it's a free society here on Planet Junk. We're all cool with it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I still like that figure as a standalone. I just had my hopes so high about the self ride. Uh, how how are the spikes on yours? Because there there is a very large propensity for those to come out of the package a little bit bent. Um, I had one that was bent, and in trying to bend it back straight, I pulled it out. Oh, that's not something I've done. That sounds scary. I it it just kind of pushed itself. Oh, I I had a moment of like, <laughs> uh oh, and then it just like put itself back in place. Oh, okay, because so. I was going to say, uh, I have seen a photo um, on Twitter where someone's Rekgar took a, sh- a, a desk dive and landed on a spike, and the spike just snapped. Because um, mm-hmm. they are bendy, but if if that is the landing piece, it will kind of just, you know, break. 
uh, it seems. Um, so be careful. Uh, all right. Well, TJ, what are, anything else on your end uh, that you've acquisished? I'm looking around for it. Hang on. Like Let's he's see. Gone, um, he's, he's gone under the desk. What's going on? <laughs> so keep kicking out that mouse cable. <laughs> Can't get him over to the mute. All right. So, um, hmm. Yeah, uh, I did a bit of uh, of a toy roundup, like or like a toy getaway off to the other coast of Florida recently. Hmm. Uh, so, Toy Island off the coast of Florida. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's where Santa leaves all of the stuff that he couldn't deliver that day. Mm. So, uh, I do have a lot of off-topic, but the stuff that is rather on-topic is I did uh, salvage a G1 gold bug, who was who's a he's a he's a delightful little guy. He mismarked because they said, oh, um, uh, so the pullback motor works. But uh, he does not transform. And so, like, I immediately just, like, went out to the car and just transformed it like it was nothing. Because I realized they also had to... They also had Runabout and Runamuck in the display. And I think they thought he was a battle charger. I was about to say that, like, it's... It's not... It's it's not a hard transformation to even accidentally do on Goldbug. Like, Throttlebot, you can... You can pick it up and accidentally transform it. Yeah, because I was thinking to myself, like, they they have the names, and they know the parts that are missing, so clearly they know what they're talking about. Surely they can handle a three-step transformation. I, I was going to ask if the if the little motor was still working, but it sounds like, it sounds like in general, everything's fine on it. He's missing some stickers, but beyond that, yeah, the motor works fine, transformation works, you know, he's a cute little guy. Yeah, st- stickers are easy to replace. Motor, eh, less, less so. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And the tires are intact too. So, oh hell though, yeah, yeah. Though they 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 look like they have some rot on them, but they they're still there. Get some of that uh, that that gummy plegestift. You can you can re moisten the rubber. Sure, I'll remember that name. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, there's a if you look up um um. I, I forgot the verb, but like revitalized toy rubber that that will show up on YouTube very quickly. It's basically a stick that's meant for uh, rehydrating leather seat backs in cars. It happens to be pretty good at rehydrating toy leather and rubber as well. Um, so I've, I've used it on a couple things, and it it has a definite effect. Like it's if you are going to start using it on an old toy, you probably got to try to remember to use it sort of regularly, which I have not. Uh, but it, it has prevented uh, some tank treads from shredding themselves when they looked pretty flaky. Uh, I'm also not going to spell it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it in the podcast to list a little chat. Uh, I actually Goldbug was I think one of my first transform. I had about uh, I think a third or two thirds of the throttle bots. The only one I had was heavy load the 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 dump truck. I think everybody had that dump. I truck. did too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, he was in he was in friend colors. Like that's that was a toy designed for a parent to want to buy for their kid. Mm-hmm. Big bright friend strong colors. Kid kids like dump trucks. I remember my Tonka truck. Yeah. We'll get the child this one. 
Uh, well, congrats on the uh, the generally solid gold bug who, in fact, can transform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on similar quick note, I also uh, same shop actually rescued a G one point blank who does need his gun. Uh, that's that is harder to fix up than stickers. Yeah. 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 Harder to find, but you know what? He's a nice. He's a neat for G one. He's an interesting transformation. Oh, you know, I had a point blank missing all of his accessories for years that I got at a German flea market when I was a kid, and I agree. This is a because I, I always mix, mix up the names of the, the target masters, but yeah, uh, point blank is just a very good car transformer, um, even without the blue accessory piece. Mm-hmm. He's got good shoulders. Yeah, good shoulders, like, uh, for G1 in, like, fourth year, decent articulation. Yeah, there's a, if I recall correctly, there's a, a good third-party point blank as well. Uh, I'm sure there's more than one. Make, make Toys. Uh, I think Make Toys actually did the only one. Uh, they did a, really? a master, they did a Masterpiece one. Uh, and in fact, that was, yeah, that was from Remaster, so he's the only one that they ended up doing, I think. I, I can't hmm. remember if the other ones ended up coming out. He was, uh... Sized similarly to the the hardhead and chrome dome that they did. Uh, I I remember now. I messed with a prototype of this at a TFCon, and I never ended up picking it up, but I really liked it. Uh, he's called Contact Shot. If you want to look up his Contact uh, Shot, that's his that's his uh, his gray legal name. Uh, but yeah. Gotta track down that... I forgot his target master friend. Gotta track down that little that little th- nameless thing that turns into a gun. Peacemaker. That's actually a pretty good name. It's actually one of my favorite target master names. That's, yeah. How dare you forget Peacemaker. Gotta grab Peacemaker. Make some peace. Uh, anything else from that? Any, or I guess anything else? Transformers from that haul? Uh, Transformer? No. We'll get to the rest, I guess, later. Alright. And uh, Aaron, anything else Transformers on your end? Then let's hit that big news! I actually just want to talk quickly about a HasLab Victory Saber thing. Uh, because they put out a backer update, and here's here's where I'm going to lay out a little bit of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm going to lay out, hesitantly, some praise. I'm really happy we already got a backer update, and this is good backer update content. But also, if this is the only thing we see for a few months, then my praise rescinds a little bit. So hopefully this is not, you know, hopefully this will be a monthly thing, at least. But uh, we got our first big backer update, which is um, very nice photos of the mold plans for Victory Saber. Even with, like, a little challenge of, like, hey, can you spot the Brain of Courage pieces? Here's some hints of, like, where they are. Uh, And I think... This is the most detailed look we've had at pre-planning for a Transformer Steel tooling that we've ever had publicly available. I don't recall anything that showed like this level of detail from so many different angles. The first thing I thought when I looked at this was like, "Oh, I hope Aaron sees this because this seems like yeah, fun." Yeah, Aaron I, stuff. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I saw that in my mail and was very happy. No, I think the only time that I would say that we've gotten anything close to this would be the, like, BotCon custom figures where you had yeah. to snip it out of the sprue yourself. Yeah, that... That is, that is... This is the closest otherwise that we've seen. I think we've seen some individual 
like photos of one of these sprue layouts before and then like Unicron like we got that one little bit of Unicron. But that was already a tooling, um, right? Showing like that was an actual an existing an existing tooling. Yeah, yeah, because it was a it was like the three part with the the locking bit. Yeah. So it was a more little slightly more complex tool than the normal top and bottom squeeze out thing. Because there but, there is a just not not to like because I'm probably not right about this because they're planning them out. However, I do want to one little thing I want to point out because you know it was a stretch goal that might not have happened. The stand, right? If you see where the stand is laid out, you'll notice that the cockpit window piece is there as well because it's you know that's where translucent plastic will be. Uh, I wonder if the stand wasn't unlocked, then I guess the cockpit window would have just been made of like solid plastic or something, or maybe the stand was always just going to happen because it's like they might have gone for just like a a quarter size, yeah, some smaller, like mold, you know, just a much smaller mold, or maybe some other parts would have been walked over to the transparent. Oh, then hey, for folks who are afraid of transparent plastic, then it's a good thing you unlock that stand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the other couple of pieces that show. Yeah, my first thought was, oh, all the stretch goals are on a sprue. I guess they weren't going to happen, but then... Because that looks like a sword on on one part of that, and then something very rounded. Yeah, because there's the the stand, the stand arm, that longer thing that does look like it's related to either the sword or the V-lock cannon, uh, the cockpit window, and I think that's just another stand piece. I think that's the stand hinge. Because it's, it's jointed, I think, at the top. I might. I have to look at photos again. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is this is actually so detailed. Like, is this actually like a flex of like, go ahead, try to knock it off, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our parts layout, sucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the shield is mixed in with a bunch of winglet parts. Um, the V-lock cannon does take up most of its own sprue, but also the gun is there, too. So, yeah, all, all the stretch goals are are well intermixed into everything. And obviously, it's not like these toolings were, like... Uh, the, the impression I get is this is a stage that they were at a couple weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe, that, maybe I'm also just a sucker falling for the way they're doing the backer update. But it felt like they were showing, like, you know, this is this is how we're sorting things out. If this is from before the the campaign was over, then it's like, yeah, all those stretch goals were going to happen. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, even if they got to like the steel tooling stage before it was over, they could have just gated off anything that didn't make it. Yeah, or or like you know, most of these things would have been fine. They could have gated off a couple pieces and then just like Aaron was saying, like compress some stuff together for the cockpit window. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just am I'm really digging this though because I've never seen this stage before that I can recall and it's it's neat to see the layouts it it I kind of like how um, non computerized this process seems to be like obviously they're using the computers to print stuff off and probably to to do some of the the planning but there's also this kind of yeah, sense well, of like we have these mold sheets with which have like you know those those little injection uh, or extrusion or whatever arrows are separate like labels mm-hmm. so it's like I wonder if they did, like, just kind of sit down with all these components and some arrows and just, like, figure it out, then put that into the computer yeah. program. Yeah. My my guess is their process is basically, like, take these individual parts and kind of do a, a paper layout 
because even if you have the best CAD software, you're not going to be manipulating that around the space in in quantity nearly as rapidly unless you've got some like algorithmic system where you say, here are all the pieces and the colors that we want. Make a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're having to write then you're having to like write programs to lay out sprues and that's more expensive than a couple of the designers sitting down with one of the one or two of the manufacturing guys and saying like, all right, how do we lay these things out and orient these? Because a lot of times, you know, on the, in these molds, you may have something like, you know, if you look at like the V-Lock blaster, um, Reveal-out cannon part of it. You're gonna have you're you're gonna want to have like a nice side and a side maybe that you don't care as much about. Yeah, yeah. And so you'll have like you know because that can even be a difference in those steel toolings of like to have a very good finish versus a passable finish could be another you know few hundred dollars in time and material to give a better finish to something. So you may say like, okay, have the nice side up on everything and we'll have the extra polishing steps or whatever on the top part of the mold, the bottom part of the mold. That's going to be the inside of all the parts. Like we want it to be the shape that we need it to be, but we're not going to put as much effort into it. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that, you know, you could have a couple of people sit there and, you know, lay everything out really quick to come up with like, okay, it looks like all of these will fit on our on our sheet. So that's the thing. If you look at those sheets, how they have like fifteen by twenty four, eighteen by thirty, yeah, looks like twenty two by thirty four. Those are going to be your like three different mold bed sizes or your three different injection machine sizes. And so then that's the thing where it's like you could f- figure out, okay, this looks like it should be a thing. All right, take all of these pieces back to CAD and, like, lay it out and put the sprues on there and see if that works and we can still have it laid out the way that we want it. Oh, it would really work better if we took, like, these two small pieces and put them over on this other sprue with small pieces because we can wiggle those around a little bit more. The that 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 gets into the, like the process design and manufacturing design things that I would I would love to just see a couple of those dudes get to have a panel at a convention. I, I also like I just ev- everybody else is bored to tears because they're not talking about their favorite robot and there's like five of us process nerds that are visibly drooling. I just noticed everything they Did say. you see on the top right of each of these sheets it says what the plastic type is? I didn't mm-hmm. notice that until just now when I was looking for the for another uh, shot the the shot with the leg chunks where it's like those are clearly sized for like the smaller bed. Uh, I didn't yeah. notice the ABS and the PA and everything, and I'm like, oh, this is so neat to just like know that like yeah. oh all those parts are this plastic and yeah because because they also call out the color further down. Oh, I didn't I didn't get a good enough look at all the like like some of these. If you look at the one that has the shield on it, you can see very clearly white like the. Yep. You know oh, the yeah, yeah. four AV one up white, yeah. I think that they have on it, so that's probably along with the ABS. You know, mold zero one, mold zero two, mold zero three, and this is well. I mean, those are dated twenty twenty one zero nine thirteen. All right, so yeah, this is the this is very much like I I, I can't remember anymore the campaign timeline, but that's that's post campaign <laughs> for the most part. Uh. Yeah. 
the thing I wanted to say, I wanted to kind of say that really touched me a little bit, and like this is also because I don't really know these things that well, but like the arrows being physical labels that they put on the paper for some mm-hmm. reason really did something for me. If just like it's it's that's one of the things where you kind of assume it's been computerized, and seeing that that part also was a tactile part of the planning process, ostensibly. I don't know why that just really like gets me that gets my uh, my energy up. I'm just like it's so cool that like you know figuring out the in, the injection or extrusion or whatever points. I, I'm guessing that's injection points. The, the direction of the arrow is just messing with me. But like, so if you look if you look at um, there was one of them that showed it really well. Um, where it has if you look at the CAD version that sits next yeah. to it, you can see on them that. The places that they're showing that injection, they're showing connections out of the mold area. Oh, I kind of yeah, I see, I see. So those are definitely them looking at like, okay, well, you know, and this is where it's probably you know, then working with the, you know, the, your manufacturing engineers saying like, okay, well, if you're injecting, you know, ABS the material you're going to, if you want the like for strength purposes or fill purposes, you're going to want it to flow this way. Yeah. So like if you ever get, if you ever get bored on YouTube, um, which I'm sure nobody that listens to this ever does <laughs> go find somebody that does like lost ABS or lost, even lost wax molding where, you know, the process of making a sand mold and seeing how, like they have to, you know, you have to manufacture into it. Okay, well, I'm pouring liquid metal into this hole. I need a place for air to run out of and make sure that I don't have high points that air will get caught into. Because mm-hmm. if I do, like if you look at one of those photos where it has, you know, points that stick up in a metal molding process doing a, a lost mold type of situation where that would be a failure point because the your material is not going to go into it so you'd either have to change the alignment of it or do something else so yeah. i'm betting that those arrows then are part of that process to say like hey if we inject in here 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 and here and then we have you know cuz it looks like some of those sprues have parts that are maybe potentially entirely sacrificial that that may be like this is where like air runout goes to or if we overshoot this is where the excess goes. Yeah. Yeah. It just, there's something to me that's really touching that like people sitting around a table with a disassembled resin can figure that, that stuff out looking at it, like not perfectly, but they Mm -hmm. can figure out the basics looking at it with their learned knowledge, you know, like that, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. we want to have it here, here. We want to have the parts oriented like this. Like you were saying the high points, we want to not have overhangs that are conflicting where stuff could just like not get filled in properly or get overfilled. Uh, this, this, my interest in this also kind of dates back to me putting together a games workshop kit in like high school, wondering why some parts are separate parts because, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know anything, and I'm, like, in, in K-12, and I'm like, why wouldn't they just have, like, you know, this orc truck? Why wouldn't they just have, like, one mold you just shoot plastic into and pop out a truck in one piece? That would be easier for me. And then, like, you know, as the years go on, learning more about, like, how that's literally unfeasible, for the most part, to, to be able to do properly um, at a mass production level. Uh, 
and then mm-hmm. seeing something like this, I'm like, that's just so cool to know, like, also to know how many failure points that we as collectors yeah. just don't know about get get yeah. covered, you know? Um, yeah. And because, and because you know, and, and again, it's one of those things that, like, they've got to get that right here because, you know, let's say on the, you know, on that shield sprue on Mold 02 ABS, if they orient something wrong and every third fin ends up not filling out that point at the end of the fin, well, now they're scrapping, probably going to just scrap that whole mold rather than like, oh, well, surely on the next one the shield's going to fail or something and try and, like, save parts. No. So this is the process stuff, like I was saying, that I absolutely love because it's, you know, 80 or like, you know, 80% of the work of making the toy, it's never actually a thing. It's this right here, getting all of this right, so that then when it goes to, like, you know, injection molding, you have, you know, a few failures or, you know, all the way to assembly and manufacture at the end, you've got something that is easy for a person to put together versus having to fight the hardware because here at the very beginning, they didn't do it right. Yeah. Th- and I just I just love this it. This is something, the next opportunity I get, um, to speak to anyone from Hasbro, I am going to be gushing about this backer update because I, I mm-hmm. that's that's been one of my missions ever since I got on a PR list is like to push for this kind of stuff without having the veneer of promotion and pre-orders hanging over it. Uh, and you know, a backer updates perfect place to do that because you can't sell more victory sabers. You've already pre-sold mm-hmm. them, so there's nothing to worry about. Just show us whatever you can, you know, that, you know, I guess I would say to the point where you're not, you know, handing your plans over to someone else, you're not handing your CAD files to someone to start 3D printing themselves or something, I guess. But if it is considered safe to show us this step, then there are a lot more things that I thought we could not see safely that maybe we can. So I'm I'm really inspired to see mm-hmm. this. Because uh, I thought this is the kind of thing that you couldn't show us because this would be, then you'd have someone just writing all this down in a CAD, you know, copying this into a CAD thing and trying to make, like, you know, a six months earlier, like, deranged knockoff victory saver, you know, like, by eyeballing it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, because really, like, this is not, like, this is a neat thing to see, but there is nothing in that, like, if you've got somebody that is copying a toy based off of this, bravo, (laughs) you, you earned it. Yeah. Because you've, because also, if you're copying this thing, you have deduced or filled in half of the assembly, and also, mm-hmm. also about sixty percent of what the parts look like, because you're only seeing them from one side. Yeah, uh, and, and like this is something that, like, you know, one of the things of my job at times is to classify documents, and part of it is that sort of concern of like, could you manufacture a thing, you know based solely off of the photos that are given. And this is this is on the first stage of I'd be kind of looking at it interestingly. Yeah. But not not a no, this needs to be classified and not not released. So it's it's something that probably is one of those things that pushes more towards the oh, we prefer not to because it gives us the uneasy feelings. But, you know, like you said, somebody came around and said like, hey like this is for our backers. This is for the people that are excited on it. Let's continue to get people excited on it yeah. and just let well, it the roll. place where I'm going to be pushing 
um, well, in case a Hasbro person's listening, spoilers, prepare yourself. I don't know. Is I'm going to say this is great. Anywhere that you can do this for anything outside of HasLab would be a welcome sight by a lot of fans. More fans than you think. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting to getting to know this much about uh, the the design of such a tactile toy line that we love to collect, like it would be be wonders. So, hey, prepare yourselves. Uh, also, prepare yourselves for my Omega Supreme image macro because I'm going to keep incepting. That's that's my other mission when I'm on Hasbro Q and A things. It's a I use OBS virtual webcam to incept Omega Supreme, and then I ask for more behind the scenes stuff. Um, and occasionally mention when Canada didn't get something. So hey, I'm. I'm I have my missions. I'm very focused. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Just well, oh, I'm I'm rather quiet here because I have to look at Star Saber in pieces, and it's very emotional. But <laughs> aside from that, uh, just so we don't get called on it. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see where was it? Uh, the goal for the first initial goal for Star Saber to reach production was hit on September 29th. 2021. Mm. So what we are looking at is more than two weeks prior to that. They had already figured out where everything was going to go. That feels like that's lending some credence to my theory. Uh, which I mean, if they haven't made, a... if they haven't made, if they haven't made the molds yet, then they, you know, they just throw they out. The, it. Yeah. The, yeah. They yeah. just throw out the parts that didn't get funded. Also, I, I I'm going to restate just cause it was a couple podcasts ago. My theory is not like some grand gotcha conspiracy theory. I just think there is a certain level of kayfabe and show to what HasLab projects are. Uh, and I, I I think in the case of Victory Saber, I don't think we were not going to get the V-Lock cannon, and we probably were going to get the shield, or not the shield, the stand. I think the shield was maybe a no, and those MicroMaster redecos were probably a very last minute, like, I guess we can. Uh, but I, I think we were getting the cannon and the, and the stand. Like, I, I'd be very surprised if those never happened, you know, in, in another timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot about, there's a, it's a separate podcast, but there's a lot of conversation about what HasLab projects are uh, that I have a lot of thoughts about. And I find the conversation around them occasionally rather frustrating because I think some folks are really on almost the right track, but then not. And I'm kind of like, oh, boy, uh, just like in real brief to the question of why is Hasbro kick, like doing crowdfunding in the first place? It is not, in my opinion, that they have to crowdfund the pieces. It is more that they are using crowdfunding as a model to gauge interest because Hasbro is not one entity that makes decisions. It is hundreds of entities with different mm-hmm. levels of authority that make decisions. So that is why... Now, sh- should they be using a crowdfunding veneer? I do think that's a little problematic, and it does send a very mixed message that causes these misunderstandings, 100%. But uh, the question is not, do they so, need to? It's <laughs> So something interesting that is, that is a kind of... Um, Potentially related, but probably in reality unrelated thing, but maybe not. Um, just listen to a Drive to Work podcast from um, Mark Rosewater, who's a muckety muck at Wizards, which is under the Hasbro umbrella. Morrow. So here's our relationship, Maro. If you know who Maro is, if you don't, you're going to be thinking, "Why are we talking about bone <laughs> stuff?" Um, so. He- there was actually a recent podcast he put out talking about the secret layer um, hidden drop 
stuff that Wizard started doing. So for those that don't know, Secret Layer is uh, they have a release of four or five magic cards in sometimes slightly different versions, sometimes wildly different versions where it's the same functional card, but the graphic of the card may be an entirely different style. It's alt art. Or it's in their, or it's alt art, or it's the, like, constructed language of these interdimensional beings. Or, like, for Extra Life, they did a set where it was, they had um, Miracle Children Network hospital kids draw what they thought a thing was based off of the name, and then they had other artists, other professional artists come in and, like, do the kids sketch, but in, like, a fully drawn style. Axe-Cop. It's, that's, what's <laughs> it's that? It's Axe-Cop. It's, a uh, yeah. I, I actually, someone's, yell, so, someone's yelling this, so I'm just going to say, we are a little bit glazing over the now two secret layers that have been currently mechanically unique, but let's just set those ones aside for now. Yeah. Uh, um... But so, but they were talking about that, how they wanted to do a thing that was all tart, some different stuff that seemed neat, but they had just had something like an SDCC exclusive or something of that nature that had instantly sold out. And that there were people that were like in line when you said we needed to be in line and it instantly sold out. I did everything I was supposed to do and still couldn't get it. And it was a bunch of feel bads. On, on their part, because they thought that they had something that was, you know, that was interested to 20% of the people, and it turned out to be interested to 40% of the people, and they just couldn't get it. And so then they were like, well, how do we how do we fix that? And there were, like, a couple of people that uh, in, there that were, like, shoe people, and it's like, well, no, that's the way that limited sales are. They just don't always make it. And then somebody else said, well, why can't we just do, like, print to order mm-hmm. and everyone's like no that's crazy nobody does print to order it's like well like that might be different in like shoe manufacturing but we're all we're all paper why can't we do that with paper and then it was a whole bunch of like cuz yeah cuz hold on let's roll back so i wonder if rolling all the way back to the beginning of this if part of it isn't that like they knew that there would be interest, but maybe they didn't necessarily know how much interest. So the thought of like, okay, well, maybe we'll sell, maybe we'll sell ten thousand of these. Like that seems like a safe number that we can make, and then just like not lose our pants on if nobody wants it. And then it turns out that we did. How many? How many ended up backing it? Um, I can't remember off the top of my oh, head, yeah. but then significantly <laughs> more back it than what they thought was going to like if it had gone that way there'd be a lot of people upset that they didn't have it yeah. so I, th- I, th- I i wonder if that's the part of it where they're like we're going to you know maybe use some of that model that way as many people as are in the place that want it at the time that it's available can get it and you know kind of sorry if you didn't get it when you wanted to get it but this was the process. Yeah, I think make to order is also absolutely another chunk of what the HasLab situation is. I think that it's it's a it's a lot mm-hmm. of things at the same time. And for folks who wonder what's you know how this relates also to Secret Lair, Secret Lair is make to order and there is no backer cutoff. It is just there's a window and then eventually they'll print that many cards. That's also because they're printing cards, which to paint with a very broad brush, cards are all the same. Uh 
In the case of toys, they are not all the same. Uh, in the case of Marvel Legends, they have a buck system, which I think means it's easier for them to create stretch goal figures like uh, uh, what's her name Frankie uh, from uh, that went with the uh, Galactus. Um, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, what is I saying here gradient uh, in the conversation about Haslab, uh, and so I. That's that's what I mean when I also say I have some frustrations because also a lot of folks kind of pick one hill that that they think Haslab mm-hmm. is and it's kind of like a lot of your hills crisscross. Like I find Venn diagrams actually kind of irritating, but Venn diagram is a very good way to describe what I think Haslab is. And this is all just my conjecture, but I also think I'm making a fairly educated guess, and I don't think I'm tremendously off the mark either. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You brought up the phrase, and that's what I describe Haslab as a lot: is made to order. It's it's made to order with an eject button. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, okay, we're we're gonna make as many in this window as you say to make. But if it's not enough, and we're not gonna make anything off of it, then you know we're out. Yeah, essentially, and, yeah. And the the crowd to that, I would say it is crowd funded, but not in the colloquial way we use the term. We're not funding literally the toys. Hasbro can afford mm-hmm. to make toys. We are funding interest so that the higher echelon of Hasbro that cares a lot less about the collector uh, individually thinks that it's a good idea to make the toy. Um, so that I think also on the more nefarious end, and this is a conspiracy theory, I truly think Cookie Monster was a sacrificial lamb designed to create the notion that a project could fail. Uh I I really don't think anyone expected to make Cookie Monster replicas. <laughs> uh, this, but this is a lot more outlandish. It's just that this this would support the idea of maintaining kayfabe. That this is crowdfunding. Uh, from what I've heard, it sounds like hey, maybe the Sky Striker or the Rancor might not happen. And I think that Haslab, if they want to maintain the appearance of crowdfunding, they actually do need some projects to fail for the idea to exist that they can fail. <laughs> Uh, but I'm not wishing failure on anyone's favorite project either. And I don't think that that's, that stuff is like hard calculated necessarily, but I, I think the transformers, especially like the smallest has lab project to date in, in victory saver. I was really thinking like this, this, this whole project's going to happen and maybe they won't make the shield, but like this, this is probably already going to happen. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's a bit of a tangent, but Hey, that's a, it's a backer update and that makes me happy. Um, so let's, uh, let's pop into some listener questions, uh, cause I got a, I got a trio of them here for us. Uh, I got one here from Mazus who says, Hey gang, just wondering what your thoughts are on collector burnout and moving on from a franchise you once loved. I ended up, or I end up burning out on transformers every five years or so, but inevitably get sucked back in. I'm often afraid to get rid of a line I'm no longer in love with in case I end up regretting it in the future. This has created a bit of a space issue in my toy room. And I wonder if any of you have had similar issues. Thanks for years of awesome content and best wishes for the rest of the apocalypse. Uh, the one thing I'll just throw in right away about worrying about what to get rid of that is a very real and difficult thing to figure out the best thing i can offer you as advice is is a think about would you feel bad uh, if you couldn't get it again uh which is to say have you kind of had all your fun with it and b as you you know age as a collector and keep an eye on how things go you will start to get a sense of like what's less likely to be hard to get again i guess 
you get a, you get a bit of an intuition on a broad scale. So, so bear those things in mind. But otherwise, uh, collector burnout. Um, well, we've been doing a Transformers podcast intermittently for approximately 13 years, soon to be 14. Uh, so, uh, what's burnout mean, Aaron? I don't get it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I so I for, means, for, <laughs> for Transformers, at least, um, I feel like I've kind of come close when I've let myself get to unbridled when I've had that I've got to get everything type of mentality I've felt more burnout yeah um I will admit lately I have a lot of things that I've yet to open like I have extreme x whatever x jet that's still sealed that like I got because it was a good deal and I've got to get this and then I've just never went like hey I want to open this thing Mm -hmm. um and I'm I'm very much not a in sealed box type of person because I feel like, you know, part of the the wonders of the Transformers franchise is that it's it's a a, a thing that has multiple ways to play with the same thing. It's not like an an action figure where sure it has joints and things, but you've got a window box and you can see it like I don't want to say what's the difference, but you know. So yeah. Like I can, I can feel that, that like idea of of bumping up against it. Now, has it happened to me for Transformers? No. Has it happened like full on for Transformers? No. It's kind of happened a little bit with Lego, where it's just becoming kind of untenable because um, it's all a bunch of big things, and even at a certain point, kind of condensed down, it's still a big thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, how I deal with it is I just put it all in a bin in the basement and forget it exists. Yeah, I will say, if you have the space to like just kind of put things aside and forget about them for a bit, when you rediscover them, it is kind of like you just got a bunch of free toys, uh, mm-hmm. which which is sort of a fun feeling. Um, go, going off what you're saying, I think one sensation to look out for is when you feel like the thing you're collecting is aggressive to you and is mm-hmm. not your friend. It's a thing that you're battling. Mm-hmm. Um, I always... A thing you have to do. A thing you have to do and a thing that's not fun to do and that is, in fact, often tiring or frustrating to do. And that's where I throw my big shouts out, as always, to all of our friends who collect G.I. Joes and Ninja Turtles because that seems to be the lifestyle that's been concocted for y'all by the folks who make your toys, and I think that's that's a tragedy. Because uh, the, worst, the worst thing about collecting is when... Getting the figure is not a moment of joy, but instead a sigh of relief. Uh, that's a really big discerning factor to me as well, because I used to have the sigh of relief thing, and I eventually realized that the sigh of relief was the highest point I had with the thing as well, like with the with the toy that I got. Um, mm-hmm. Getting a hold of it was the high point, and everything afterwards didn't matter. And that's that, you know, I did a whole series of panels about that now, but like that really was a moment for me when I realized the difference. Um, and I, I think that's also like an important thing to bear in mind with burnout, uh, and and also that burnout is a cycle. And as our as Mezu's said in the very question that was asked, like you can burn out and then just step back for a couple years and then come back to it again. Transformers, at least, you can do that pretty reliably. Still, a lot of other um, you know intellectual properties, you know, they might they might just disappear while you're not looking. But uh, 
that's a that's a bonus of being into Transformers is it's usually around when you want to check back in. Uh, TJ, what are your thoughts about about collector burnout and and etc.? I mean, I do go through this in some instances. Um, Transformers, not so much, essentially, bec- uh, because you know it is it is like a constantly evolving toy line. So there's it's always done enough different stuff to keep me interested in seeing. Oh, I want to see what the next toy feels like. Oh, I want to see how they do this version of one of my favorite characters. Um, the stuff that I get burned out on is the stuff that does get a little bit too repetitious. So mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I cut back. I cut way back on the SH figure arts. Whereas originally, I was like, I want all the main riders, and now, oh I'm like, boy, yeah, I, I'm, mm. I'm happy with just a few favorites. You know, just the ones that are especially nice. Um, no, uh, I, I did that with Glios. Uh, where Glios was very, you know, you know, and it's a beautiful toy line. I want to say that right up it front. Is. But Glios, it is. and it's no one's fault. But it's very easy to burn out on Glios because it is an indie toy line that rewards you for buying lots of it, and it has single production runs in colorways. So you see a colorway you like, and then you drop 150 bucks on pieces, and then if that happens more than once in in a row with drops, boy, does that suddenly feel oddly oppressive. <laughs> and it's no one's yeah. fault. It's not the toy line's fault. Uh, in fact, it's good for an indie toy line to be able to, to secure sellouts like that. You just have to really divorce yourself from seeing it as a Lego line where the colorways are important, I guess is the way I'd put mm-hmm. it. Uh, Essentially, yeah. You just, you just get the pieces you like and then mess with those a lot. And then this is the thing with Glyos. I had to remember after a while when I'd missed a few drops. I was like, oh no, I can't make the dream build I have that's all in purple. Is it be like... I literally have 50 copies of each of those parts just in other colors. I can still just do the build and then see if I even mm-hmm. like the build. And then right. and then I can figure out later if I want to track down the colors or I'll just grab cheap parts from other people's collections and paint it. Who cares? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I went I went through that with like they did uh Geodraxus the Stone Man Glios figure. They did. Con- they did Constructicon colors. You know, like the last time, the last time a Glios company did that, I built a working transformer out of them, and yeah. that was a lot of fun. And I got, I got like four of them, and then I just, they just sat in a bin. I disassembled two and went. I don't know what to do with these. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's just, I've, I've played with them and rearranged them and repainted them so many times. Uh, it's just at this point where I'm like, I'm, I, I find if I do buy, it's out of loyalty. And even then, like, and this is this was a real irrational thing I had to to kind of train myself out of. I had to see, I had to miss a drop, I had to miss several drops and see them still sell out. And then I was like, okay, so it's not my fault then if the line dies because it's still selling even <laughs> if I take a break. And it's like, of course it is. It was around before I was collecting it, and it's not like I was single-handedly keeping Glios afloat. <laughs> so obvi- and people constantly complain about not being able to get stuff, so if I take a step back, obviously that stuff is still going to sell. So what am I like I invented this ridiculous sense of responsibility in my head almost like it's <laughs> it was very very silly. Uh because I have a I mean, lot I mean, of players. I mean, you did, you, know? you did, you did help in, you did help ensure many of these companies' survival by introducing me to it. 
So yeah, much like, of my disposable income has been burned to keep them fed. And it's a cycle because I get way into a thing and then I, I'm I was fortunate to have enough of a platform to yell about it enough that like a whole bunch of people are like, oh, this is neat. And then folks who said, oh, this is neat, use their platforms to yell about it. And then someone eventually someone else with it like someday, who knows, like a toy galaxy or something, some multi hundred, you know, K subscriber YouTube channel might just one day go like, dang, this Glio stuff is cool. I'm going to make a video about it. And then Matt Dowdy is all of a sudden having to do like a triple size production run like. It's it's kind of just uh, blind luck, but it's also a cycle that will continue um, because it's a good toy line as well. Uh, so, yeah, like burnout, burnout is I find with, with toy collecting burnout is often of your own design without you really knowing about it or no- noticing that you're the mm-hmm. one who's doing it. Certainly, there are a lot of toy companies that I think uh ride that out and will certainly stoke that fire to a certain degree. Um, look at NECA Ninja Turtles, for instance. Um, I don't know a lot about it. All I know is that everyone's panicking all the time when they want any of it. And I, I don't think NECA is literally like, ah, I can't wait to make five copies of a toy. But I think NECA certainly has a sense of marketing around their toys that is aware of that stuff and doesn't necessarily assuage it a whole lot. Um, and it's, it's not just NECA, but like, you know, in, in the world of, of Games Workshop and in the world of Kickstarted board games, there's entire conversations about fear of missing out marketing and how um, oppressive it gets as far as like never letting up. Uh, and so you know, there's, there's a lot of self-awareness that one needs to have about burnout. And also, I, I should say, you also can just burn out. Like, I, a lot of what I'm saying is about solutions to avoid it, but also you might just burn out. And when you said SH Fig Arts, I was like, that's me. Uh, there's never been a better time to watch a ton of Common Rider. Not just even a lot. There's never been a better time to watch a ton of Ultraman as well. But Common uh, Rider is on this, 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 this some of the biggest international push it's ever had. Uh, and I have almost entirely lost interest in SH Fig Arts, which is a weird thing to say. But SH Fig Arts has become, un- it became unfun to collect, I found. Uh, and without Mandarake, I just don't even want to bother trying half the time. Uh, yeah. Now that I've lost mm-hmm. that secondary market to fall back on until shipping evens itself out someday, uh, until then, I'm just like, well, <laughs> I don't want to pay uh, 150 to 200 dollars for a six inch figure no matter how well made it is because fig arts also are no longer the best made six inch figures i'm sorry to say it it's like there are good ones but there are also bad ones and it still is hard to tell sometimes mm-hmm. if one is going to be amazing or not if it isn't under shinkocha seho uh and then you compound this with like for me at least the fact that sodo hits all the same brain chemicals for Kamen Rider um, action figure stuff and also adds in a little build element that I enjoy with the stickers. And so I just now am constantly pre-ordering Soto because it's uh, the cost of like an old SH figure arts for an entire wave. And then even if I'm feeling a little burnt out, I've so far just been riding out pre-orders when I'm like, oh boy, I just don't feel like doing this. Because then eventually I have a Soto week where I'm like really into Soto and I've caught up on the current series. I'm like, no, I want to build some figures. And then I have like three waves of Soto that I can just like hang out with, with my little spudger and just build while I watch episodes. Uh, So, you know, 
it's 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 a self-correcting thing, but it's also really amazing to me that SH Fig Arts was a casualty of all this because that would be unthinkable to me less than ten years ago. Uh, let alone Fig Arts. Fig Arts suffers from two things. One, uh, enhancing the engineering on that kind of priced a lot of people out of it, me included. It just got yeah. way, way too expensive to keep up with, especially if you get into a series like Gaim that has a ton of writers to it. I don't want them making, you know, new versions of all of them in figure arts. It would cost thousands of dollars. Yeah, I'm very happy that I've, aesthetically, I actually don't mind the old pre Seho stuff from the late aughts, early 2010s. Like yeah. old double and old, old uh, O's. I actually don't mind them. The thing that also really kind of killed a lot of my fire for fig arts was discovering through other people that a lot of early 2010s fig arts have a tendency to disintegrate in at the hip level, uh, because the the swing bar hip joints are not made of a plastic that deals with with um, humidity and dehydration all that well. So it's it's not uncommon for the pre like what era would this be? The kind of Gokaiger era. Um, the, the, when they were doing, you know, the original seven riders the first time around, uh, that kind of era, um, the Agito era, stuff like Gills, uh, mm-hmm. Exceed, uh, stuff like, oh, uh, don't tell me Agito. that. No, this, this really killed me because it's, it's something you can still watch out for. And it's also a very replaceable part once you learn a few things, um, to, to, you know, repair. The main thing is that someone needs to start manufacturing that part in a more durable plastic, and then we're all golden. It's that, and also teaching everyone how to get the screw covers out of the back of Fig Arts toys so you can open their hips up. Those are the two things Mm. that that currently prevent this from being easily fixed. Uh, But that also kind of made me go like, you know, I like owning these still, and also, because of this, the aftermarket on a lot of these is now in the gutter so i've just been moving a lot of my fig arts into storage because i no longer really feel anything looking at a bookshelf full of them and i don't really want to crack a lot of them open right now until i have a better feel on like what to do about hips if they crumble so i've just been i've just been putting a lot of them in storage because i'm like i don't really want to get rid of them and even if i suddenly was like no i'm gonna sell all of them i wouldn't get a whole lot for them (laughs) not nearly enough to make me feel Mm-hmm. Like I've gained more than um, my continued like collection of them. They are they are they are definitely like a, a collection I probably shouldn't be hanging on to so much of. But there's uh, there's like a story of me that ties to them in my head. It's it's you know it's a personal thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, like fig fig arts. Once upon a time, to me, was the pinnacle of action figures, and I was like, "Yeah, I will, I will collect them all." And damn, they're even—they're based on Common Rider, and that's my favorite media right now. And, you know, it's everything changes, and that's also just a good mantra to live by, which is that everything changes, and that's okay, uh, even one's collecting self. This starts now. I'm starting to repeat like panels I did, so I'm not going to, you know, go on and on. But uh, Mezus, hopefully that that offered some some good food for thought as far as collector burnout. Uh, it's, it is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it is what made me start thinking about what I like about toy collecting on other levels, uh, to throw out a name. A lot of this really originated with when, uh, I don't know how many people will remember this name, but there used to be a collector on TFW named Elvin Pina. Uh, Mm -hmm. his whole family was collecting and they all, I think they all got out, but when Elvin got out and just sold everything and was like, nah, I'm just kind of done with it. If you had 
been following Elvin when he was collecting. That was shocking. He went to some lengths to get some insanely rare things and in great shape or, you know, whatever, like, seal. everything had, he wanted everything sealed and in pristine condition, and boy howdy was his collection a beauty to behold. Also, like, one of the friendliest people in the fandom I ever dealt with. MISB yes. collector who could take it on the chin, dish it back, and we're all laughing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and and then he was just like, no, nah, I'm just kind of done with it. And he and he clicked out. And that was that was what first put the seed into my head of like, you know, some some many years later where I was like, wait, you can get out. Well, it, was, it was more like, why don't I want to get out? Because you know, if if Elvin got out and I don't want to get out, then there's something more to this for me than just owning these things. And that made me start mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I guess meditating on that for a while. Marinating, even. Uh, so anyway, one of my favorite topics. I love talking about it with people. Um, always feel free to hit me up if you if you want to hear me navel gaze about that stuff for a while. <laughs> uh, anyway. If you want to learn how to get out, here's here's the guy to hook you up. I, I, I can also very, I can talk you in and I can talk you out if you want me to. You know, just let just let me know. I can make you feel good about your decisions. I should sell cars. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got we got another listener question here from Fandoms MJ. Says hello, Evangelist Aaron and TJ. Back with another collection. Or another question about collecting. Have your collecting habits ever come back to bite you in the butt? Uh, there's an example here, but I, I think that generally anyone could probably say like yes. Quite immediately to that. <laughs> Every time I needed to afford something. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to, to go to the example, um, Fandoms MJ says, For me, this happened way back when I first started collecting. Found myself looking at the fall of Cybertron, Shockwave, and Starscream. One of both of them could only afford one. My collecting choices are always at their core based on the characters. Uh, you know, do I have that character or how much do I like that character? And when it comes to picking between two, it comes down to which character do I like better. So I picked Shockwave. Uh, when I had enough to uh, go back and get Starscream, he wasn't there. And now, almost ten years later, I look at my Decepticon shelf that has a Shockwave that is too small and needs to be upgraded, Thundercracker and Skywarp that are Fall of Cybertron Seeker molds and therefore do not match Rid 15 Starscream, and I really wish I'd made a different choice all those years ago. In another ten years or so, that choice probably won't matter as I'll finally upgrade Shockwave, even my Seekers, but I think I will always look back on it as the one time my collecting habits led me down the wrong choice. Curious if you three ever had something similar happen to you. Looking forward to your answers and thanks. P.S. No, finding all 900 Koroks wasn't worth it, but it was nice to explore some areas of Hyrule I had missed. Uh, I remember this Koroks chain of P.S.'s. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that whole thing of character-focused collecting is is actually something I loved to include in my evolving panel about collector psychology because it's very foreign to me, because... I, and, and we've all had the conversation with folks, if we don't think that way ourselves, where someone's like, oh, no, I don't want that. I already have a Starscream. And then you're like, yeah, but that's a different Starscream. For some folks, it's just like, no, I only want to have a Starscream. My classic example is the person who wanted a Trypticon, and that meant Planet X Fall of Cybertron Trypticon, or Generations Titan Trypticon, or G1 Trypticon can only have one, even though I would say two of those are very different from each other. Um, so TJ... Uh, every, aside from every time you've ever wanted to afford something responsible, when have your yes. collecting habits, uh, bit you in the butt? 
Um, going for the shiny new thing has very often led me down uh, a, few, a few regrets. So uh, when classics came out, I had the option of do I go with uh, do I go with the new classics Jetfire or this uh, shiny new version of Soundwave that just came out in the commemorative series line. And of course, Jetfire I could find on the shelf for the next six months, and then then this and the the Soundwave I uh, never saw again. No, no things and oddly enough, I'm, I'm going to backtrack even farther because that's not the only time that exact situation happened to me. When I went to I went day one to get Cybertron's toys because I was so hyped up for that series, and uh, when I went to the Toys R Us. They had the G1 commemorative line. They must have had like 20 different figures from that line just stacked up, just tons of unsold G1 toys. And they were all on deep clearance, at least half off on all of them. I could have gotten a full G1 collection for like less than I was prepared to spend for the new Cybertron toy line. But I had to have the new shiny thing. And to this day, I'm kind of like, you know what would be really nice right now is like, if my G one if my G one Rodimus Prime had his fin and his sticker on the front, so I could actually have him on the shelf and you know have a childhood toy back, it would be nice if I had you know those Datsuns that weren't you know, you know they were nice and clean and not falling apart. <laughs> I keep thinking back to that because like I had so many chances to get the Cybertron toys, but I never had another chance to get such you know such a, such a load of G one toys that I never experienced as a kid. And in adulthood, cost me way more to get. So it's so odd because I'm thinking about that same era, and then like one of one of my you know, talking about weirdnesses, right? One of my weirdnesses is that by 2003, I had already come to the conclusion that G1 toys actually don't do much for me compared to the new stuff. So I, I let a lot of reissues um, go for the most part, just because I was like unexcited by them. And I, I know that's not super popular in my generation of the fandom, uh, but, like, I was very fortunate to have figured that out when we had all those rushes of reissues. Because every time I picked up a reissue, it was actually almost more out of obligation than than out of want. <laughs> uh, but I also, like, I, this is how far this goes. I have a childhood G1 collection. I'm, I don't even feel much when I add new, you know, vintage G1 toys to it. Like, every time I've, I... There's only a handful of, of figures I've added to it, like a Pretender here and there, G1 Reflector. Um, and every time I do, I feel almost nothing. Because I'm like, well, oh, it's fine, but it's not one of the it's not one of the originals. It wasn't there with me in, in the beginning. These ones were there with me in the beginning. Uh, and even, like, even, like, fixing up the broken ones, some of them... Like, there were a couple where that felt really good, but then very quickly it was like, do I want new rapper labels for these? Eh. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have a weird I have a weird connection with that stuff. It's just that this is kind of illustrating like also how how personal the idea of like your collecting habits can be. Um also bouncing off the whole thing of like, you know, I this is this is my one of the character, that kind of thing. Like uh my conversely, like every every time it's an advantage for me, it's a disadvantage some other time, which I'm sure I can explain. But uh Aaron, before I do, what about you? When's when's a time that your collecting habits have Bitten you in the butt. So, kind of as the inverse to to this, it's more so 
like I've had issues in just I need to buy all the things. Um, and then that ends up, you know, I've got, you know, I, I, I was having to, when I lived in a small apartment, buy a, or, or pay monthly rent on a little storage unit to keep some things in. And then like now I just have gobs and gobs of stuff and haven't sold things. So that's not necessarily in the have missed a thing, but more in the, why have I bought all these things side, um, I've managed to, to, to have it be flipped that way. I'm And I'm absolutely, I can, I can mirror that. Cause that, that's been my habit for a very long time. Uh, yeah. so I know, I know how that feels speaking as someone who in fact has a storage unit, but it is just down the street. So it is convenient. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's a thing that just, and has been part of why I've maybe rolled back a little bit of just like, I, I need to not always jump at things like this. And and maybe let myself get to the point of, oh, you know, it would have been nice if I had bought that versus the, oh, no, what happens if I'd done it? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, on a very broad level, it's realizing and then trying to combat FOMO. I've talked about that for like a mm-hmm. couple of years now. My That's been my one of my big battles that should have been faster. But I think that the last the last year and a half certainly didn't help. Uh, but FOMO is 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 a very difficult cycle to break, and once you can recognize it in yourself and actively try to fight it, it it does just make things feel more fun and rewarding. To it's not not so much mm-hmm. that you feel so rewarded that you didn't buy it, but more that you feel more calm that you don't really care that you missed it. Uh, and and also like with experience, knowing the sheer number of things that you're able to get later on, um, like yeah. in. in it really is about 90% of what comes out. You will not have trouble finding it later. Those 10% always feel the worst. Uh, yeah. But if you can, if you can even start to see like where you're having grass is greener syndrome really is 90% of what comes out. You can eventually track down. It will take more work and it might cost a little bit more, but it's not like vintage toys 30 years later more. Um, that mm-hmm. said, there are always exceptions. I am still, astounded that Titan's return has spiked so hard on the aftermarket. Uh, like there's a lot of lines that, that I could see spiking hard, but Titan's return, I get why, but it just really shocks me. Um, and it makes me, this is almost not answering the question. It's the one time it didn't bite me in the butt that that year I was really completist and also was getting LG versions of things. Cause I wanted the different paint mm-hmm. jobs. So I'm a wash with the hardest, modern line to get a hold of thankfully i don't have to worry about it that much if i want to mess with those things but uh where it has bitten me in the butt definitely going off what aaron said um just like getting things on autopilot um that that's that's been a problem especially when it, when i get things on autopilot and then I, I haven't opened it yet and i already know like oh i'm not excited at all to own this why did i do this uh but this actually goes less for transformers and more for other lions uh, my big ones I always mention are Lego and Mega Bloks. Uh, like the Mega Bloks that 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 were the really cool little minifigures oriented ones. Those were a real big problem because another collecting habit I have that I was able to f- to to almost finally break. It still comes back now and then. Is while I'm here, I should pick up something. Like that's also a familiar mm-hmm. feeling for like a lot of collectors, I'm sure. I made the effort to put pants on this morning. I deserve I a mean, gift. I deserve a don't, present. Don't want to waste that. Uh, 
so like when you're when you're excited about something when that that is also available for somewhere between three to eight dollars a shot like Lego and Mega Bloks can be, suddenly you have twenty five little Mega Bloks Halo men, and you don't even like Halo. You just think the minifigures are neat. <laughs> and then I'm like, why do I have all these? Uh, what what was what was my goal whatsoever in having this many colorways of this? And then that that extends to basically every building brick thing I've ever laid hands on. That's why I don't buy any of them anymore. Uh, with Lego, I was like, well, I'll just confine myself to certain lines. But then it's like, I bought every kit from the Lego movie, and even then, it's like, but why though? Like, there's a little, there's sort of a little bit of mm-hmm. overlap, and some of those kits were the stupid buildings into vehicles from the very end of the movie that were on screen for like five seconds. Which are very neat kits, but if you've collected the entire line, it's really easy to build those on autopilot and not even notice. And you're like, well, this is my hot dog stand glider that I don't remember building, but I have it. Uh, mm-hmm. And with Mega Bloks, those minifigures, it's just like, like you know, when you start buying kits because you think the minifigures are cool. And suddenly it's like, I don't think I like Ninja Turtles enough to have the turtle van and various other turtle things when I could have just bought one of each turtle in single or even just a turtle to mess with and it would have been fine. So um my variation I'll add is to try to to try to give it a definition is the I'm I'm already here, I may as well pick up something because that that also becomes a real problem. Uh as far as creating clutter that you didn't even know you had. <laughs> uh anyway, those are a few Absolutely, this is a thing that that is probably fun to open up to listeners as far as, like, you know, some time where you're like, well, this is on me. This is my eccentricity. Why did I do this? (laughs) Uh, So feel free uh, if if you want to hit the thread. Uh, Our last listener question is from TF's on Vacation. He says, Evangelist and the former even but are here now forever crew. It's true. Uh, They don't know, but, you know. I've I've already wired them up to the singularity, so it's it's going to be great for several more millennia. Long time listener, first time caller. As an avid YouTube consumer, I try to keep up to date with several reviewers, even if I never plan to purchase the figure they're talking about. Before I ever see a toy in person, I've already watched three or more reviews of it. It ruins the surprise, but it means I don't have to struggle too much with instructions. Which brings me to my question: Has there ever been a figure that you were overhyped for based on reviews you watched or read? If you don't watch reviews, which figures word of mouth had you overhyped? This also, I would say, comes into an old habit of mine that would bite me in the butt, which was when I really was hyped for a figure. I would watch every single video and coverage piece about it, and it meant by the time I had the figure, I was not that excited to actually own it anymore, because I already knew everything about it. And it felt like I was just going through the motions when I opened it. Um, But uh, yeah, figures where basically, like, everyone said it was so great that by the time you got it, you were kind of like, huh... Uh, or you just genuinely didn't like it, and everyone said it was great. I'm, I have a couple. I'm trying to try to pick out a good one. But uh, Aaron, let's pop over to you. Like, have you ever? What's one you can remember getting overhyped on because everyone said it was cool? And so, uh, man, I'd really have to think about it because I, I don't really watch a lot of reviews anymore. I used to do it a ton, and I think I just had maybe some kind of just like general burnout of trying to keep up with everybody that was doing reviews 100%, 100%. and then trying to trying to feel like well when it comes to toy line x i fall more in line with 
you know, I'm more evangelist person maybe than a spada person or, or, you know, PR, he's, when it comes to like pocket size things, maybe I, I follow his views, like trying to figure out like where I was on the toy reviewer alignment and or Zodiac chart, you know? I was going to lead into this yesterday when I put this in the topic list. I was going to lead into this with like, (laughs) of course we all know Aaron religiously watches myself and TJ. So, you know, he's he's going to know. Uh, Well, I, 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 so, so YouTube says I've watched him. I just opened it on a window, then minimized it. So you guys get some hell yeah, hell yeah. You'd get a, you know what? If you get a tenth of a penny, for if it's it, showing so. it to you in a feed, that's already better than what some of my subscribers get. So hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you, if you're if, if you're adding to my number, no, it's not. I got I got to go hunt for it occasionally, <laughs> even though I've I've subscribed and rang the bell and. And done the I'm, dance I'm just going to throw a quick one in here. Like, the, the most chilling, the most chilling moment I've had as a person who likes to put media online was about a year about a year ago when on a live stream someone said, "Oh, I didn't know you're still doing YouTube." And I said, "Yeah, hey, go check the videos tab." And they did, and they said, <laughs> "I haven't seen a video in, from you in my subscription feed for over two years. I thought you just moved on." And I was that was when I was like, "All right, confirmed. Subscribing doesn't even mean <laughs> anything anymore." Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Seriously, Aaron, go subscribe to us. Also, yeah, subscribe, hit the bell, etc. Uh, especially to Aaron, yeah. he's got a YouTube channel. He's got it's got an old, I think he's got like a seven year old attempt he like, had at building I've, a Lego kit on camera. I've 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 got a few Lego kit builds on there, and I think I've got a couple of things from Andy Rue on there too. That like back when YouTube was also just like, hey, you this is where you put videos for your friends, not like you know you couldn't really do it on like facebook or anything at the time so um but uh yeah overhyped figure though for you at least where you didn't you didn't agree once you got it you were like huh some masterpiece things i think i've gotten a lot of like friend hype and like internal hype things and then when i've done it it's just been like okay i guess Mm mm-hmm whatever masterpiece was, um I, I couldn't i couldn't tell you something very specifically Ma- masterpiece in general i think masterpiece in the mid 2010s when it was coming off of the sudden realization that like Ma- masterpiece toys could be generally good uh which mm-hmm. was it was not new uh or it was not it was not so not new uh, it was not it was not a, a, an established thing when masterpiece was invented it was actually kind of new uh it was it was several years into Ma- it was seven years into masterpiece before people started to say masterpiece is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Before MP uh, ten, masterpiece was often like a year long event of build up that usually ended with I wonder what part of this doesn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that it was very easy I think to get overhyped uh, for that stuff. And I think it was also it was not to psychologize some more. I think that was also when a lot of collectors still had not yet identified, and a lot of them still haven't, that like one person's feelings does not mean they will be yours because there is actually a very nuanced gradient of what people like about toys, uh, which which I think could lead to a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, TJ, what about you? Have you have you ever had uh, pre word of mouth and reviews and hype end up leaving you kind of wanting on a figure? I'm trying to think of one I haven't already gone over before because the the one example I know I've already mentioned on this podcast in the past. I'm tr- I'm trying to think of like 
particularly over because I'm usually pretty good at gauging what I'm going to think about a figure once I get it in hand. It's very rare that a figure catches me off guard. Well, for and, f- for the one or two new listeners, that's a, that's that's a self-deprecating joke. Uh, what what is the one that you've mentioned before? Uh, the one I the one I mentioned before is Dark of the Moon Skyhammer, because I can remember not even going through video reviews because I've always been the type is like I don't want anyone else's reviews and thoughts like impeding or like mutating my own when I go to review it. So like I'm just gonna pretend. I'm the only reviewer that exists and just do my own thing. Mm. Uh, so I've never, so I've never really like, 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 Oh, this is a new toy. I got to see every review of it. I just heard so much word of mouth about how good Skyhammer was before it came out. Just and you know, it's a fine toy, but like once I got it in hand, it's just like, I'm transforming it. I'm testing out. And there's like, it, it's certainly a piece of plastic that doesn't fall apart. But beyond that, I, I I was getting absolutely nothing out of it. Like I couldn't see why everyone was was like so hot for this guy when I I couldn't find like any anything that sparked my interest about him. And I don't know what it was or like what to this day I'm looking at like photos and old reviews of him. And like I don't know what everyone else saw in him that just like made me bored. Yeah, I. Uh... I just just d- double checking who it was, and yes, it is this one. As as a Skyhammer fan, I will also admit that I think a lot of love for Skyhammer is the simple fact that the propellers do the thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, that is that is about sixty percent of the love for Skyhammer is that the propellers do the thing. Uh, yes, because that that are... is a cool thing to do with the propellers. It does not turn them into a backpack or arm blade. Yeah, they for people who don't know and who don't want to look up a picture, then I don't know, do some work. But like the propellers uh form like a cross suspender on the chest and then the the blades fold back so that they're just sticking out uh over the shoulders and across the kidneys. Um so that there is not a big obvious propeller uh on the robot and that kind of is why everyone loves him. Like if I'm to as a lover of Skyhammer I think most would agree that if it were not for that, people wouldn't be nearly as hot on that toy. Uh, I probably was part of the problem, though, at the time. <laughs> I could see 2011 me going like, this is the best helicopter transformer that's ever been devised and in the movie line? Unbelievable! Oh! oh. <laughs> Triumph! Uh, oh, oh, oh! you've always been part of my problem. Yeah, I... I, I recognize that. It's also in realizing like the sheer the in realizing the the limitless depths of different reasons why toys connect with different people. It also helped me dial back at least like try to be more granular in explaining why I'm hyped for a toy. Because uh, it also helped me enjoy toys more in doing so. Uh, but for me, a big I'm gonna be mean for this is a, this is a bit this is halfway's a bit okay so calm down. Uh, hey Chris Evangelist, what's what's something you're right for? Oh, fans toys. And then there's a period because I didn't specify. That's mean. That's me being mean. That's me being cutting. I'm an edgy comic, but uh, also kind of it's it's also kind of true. Fans toys Galvatron's always the big one I think of. Uh, hyped for months. Uh, as as prototype photos are shown uh described by many this the the be all end all the greatest g1 galvatron figure that will ever be made uh cost several hundred dollars finally get him crack him open the robot mode's really nice 
that's all that's really nice is the robot mode's really nice. It was not nearly worth the sheer amount of money it costs. It also now costs an extra hundred dollars than when it came out originally, at least as far as I recall. Uh, the transformation on that thing is is terrible. Uh, the cannon mode is terrible. It is, and it's not just the Galvatron's transformation and cannon modes are often bad. It's also the worst one uh, <laughs> of all the the choices, in my opinion, that you have available to you. Uh, it has a very good robot mode. That's not good enough for me though. Uh, and that's also when I started to realize a lot of people who love fans' toys have a very different outlook on Transformers toys than me, and I need to stop taking the third-party sub-forum as a hype machine and look at it more as a vertical slice of the a social sector in the fandom, uh, rather than... It's still good for buying advice when you want to know, like, what's wrong with stuff, or if you have to modify things or be careful of things, but uh, that was a big one for me. Um, I'm trying to think in mainline, but in mainline, usually... I've either agreed with the hype, or the hype was so dissonant from my taste that it, it didn't get me hyped in the first place. Uh, I guess in a way, G1 reissues, when they first happened, kind of hap- kind of happened to me, because that was when I was discovering that I'm not super excited to get new G1 toys that I only think I mentioned before. I only really liked the ones I had, but... Uh, yeah, that's this is also a question that's almost like this is too easy to open up to the audience because everyone's been overhyped for something. But if it's a fun story, I'd love to hear it. If it's really just like something that's like anger inducing and and you're mad, then like I don't know, make it fun. <laughs> uh, TS on vacation has a bonus question. Do you have a favorite toy review, not reviewer, but a specific toy review that you really enjoy? It can be one you've done if you're into that. Thank you for your time and keep on podcasting. Kachow, click. Now, this is where I could definitely say that we all know Aaron's answer uh, is really just pulling from the wide library of work that his two friends have done for such a long time. Uh, I'd have a hard time saying which is a favorite child. Yeah, actually, if I even if I just look at the ones I've made, I have a hard time. Uh, think... No, for you, it'd have to be a Spream thing because that's kind of your brand now. The thing is, the video I did for Spream... When I re-edited it after Blip died, the video kind of... It's not great. And it's really puerile. And I feel like I could have done a, something that was a little bit more clever. But that's that's for another that's for another day. Because the, the stuff I remember, and the stuff that persists from that video, there's a whole lot of, like, real, like... Uh, what do you, how do you put this? Real immature stuff kind of plastered around it. And I'm talking real granular immature... Uh, there's like certain lines that I go over where I'm like, ah, that stopped being funny. Uh, but you know, I, I, can, I can tweak it out of my own. It's not even a review. It's more like little productions. I attach to them that I really like review itself. I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, tour review. I really enjoy, uh, I don't I'm, it's not really a specific one. It's more like moments. And it, so it's less about a, a video and more like what that video represented. Like, for instance, realizing how important audio is in something that I'm using as video instructions. So there's a lot of Wotafa stuff where I'm like, this is really important because this, this, this in fact was better than the instructions and it was necessary on this expensive thing. Uh, I don't know. I'm really stuck because I'm when I think about why I like the video more, it's not because it was a review. It's because it's because of all the non-review stuff attached to it for the most part. Uh 
actual critical review stuff that really stuck with me. Oh man, it's hard to say because as a genre, it's often so potato chip and, and trying to hit the newest thing. It's, it's tricky to say what review itself was really striking. Just punching my fist into my hand. Uh, TJ, I don't, do you have, do you have an answer for this one? Uh, well, as mentioned that I rarely watch anyone else, so I guess I have to go with one of my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to, I was trying to think of your catalog and I kind of find I'm, I'm in that same boat of like, uh, at least when it comes to like, to like your content where I, rem- I don't remember even like the toys that it was attached to, but like, I remember like all the production that went into like your, your subtitles going evil on you. Oh, that was a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah like that. I, that was... yeah, like that. But that was a lot of fun. It's and been the, a hot minute. Yeah, but yeah. I remember, like that, I remember, but I don't remember what it was attached to. That was actually like, that was actually like, its own thing, like a meta story. Go- story that was going that was a, amongst everything. Yeah, that was a, that was a three parter uh, to to transition to using an uh, an HD camcorder. That was that's what that was. So it was actually a fully separate thing. I feel like, for the most part, like, my, what I'm grumbling about is actually not a problem for most people, because for most people, review and video are kind of an interchangeable term. I'm just really persnickety about, like, the, you know, like, the, the, the division line. Because uh, I'm trying to, I know there have been reviews where the review side of the video, like, really opened my eyes to something, and I really, I really like going back to it for that reason. I think it would probably be one of Josh's Collection DX videos about either a bespoke vintage oriented toy or a vintage toy. And it wasn't about the piece. It was about the way that it was about the way that, uh, that he described how it made him feel where I was like, yeah, it is more like, I don't know. It it made me think more about how like, yeah, I'm more interested in like, not what the thing does, but like how it resonates with you, the person, uh, see, I don't know. I'm I'm overthinking this a whole lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah like if i'm thinking about like my own catalog like that's easy because i did i did a plastic addict episode for beast machine silverbolt where the entire script is redone from edgar Allan poe's the raven mm. which writing wise was like it was like a year's worth of thought process to try and keep the rhyme scheme intact to work in actual comedy bits and to get all of the points about the toy across um, it's the first time I actually put a lot more effort into the, uh, production side of things. So like there's different camera shots. I actually made an effort to use the right shots for the right feel. Um, uh, see, uh, well, yeah, well, you know, Scott McNeil does my version of Nevermore. Mm-hmm. So like there was so much work that went into that video and I'm uh, to this day, it's like anything I made, like that's the thing I'm like. I'm really proud that all this came together the way I actually wanted it. It's one of the few videos where I can look back on it and go, you know what? I'm completely satisfied with how this came out. I think, I think if I were to pull one of my own, it would be the review I did of the test shot of bold forms, lone wolf, because I felt like that was a very concerted attempt to do a piece of nuanced feedback. Uh, And I've always been a little frustrated that, whenever I saw people commenting or reacting to it down the line, it's generally been, Oh, remember when, when Chris shredded that, that bold forms motor master. And I never felt like I was shredding it in the video. 
because I always really I had a really good time trying to write about a piece that is very easy to write off as just bad. And I was like, there are so many ideas in this. I want to describe why I'm frustrated by it without falling into the um, trope of just bashing on it. And I thought I, I still think I did. But a lot of people I've ever talked to since then are like, remember the time you bashed all over the Lone Wolf thing? And I'm like, eh, I didn't mean to. So that's because I want to try doing that some more. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm a persnickety about that kind of thing. And I really want to I, I, I remember I had a lot of fun writing that script and I just felt like it kind of never landed uh, the way I wanted it to. And I don't think it was my fault. I think it was everyone else's fault. <laughs> uh, anyway, um. I'm also a big fan of uh, of um, uh, that time Seth did a YouTube video uh, where he had some automated toys and they were in a race and they were walking. I think it was Omega Supreme and something else. Was it Omega Supreme and Skylinks? I think Seth did that. Oh shoot, I remember that. I remember somebody doing that. Yeah, yeah I think Seth. I think that's on, that Seth put that on YouTube. It was it was either that or something with, with jump starters, but I'm pretty sure it was those. Anyway, that's a, that's another good one. That's also definitely a review. Yes, I'm deciding that it's a review. Uh, anyway, hope that was a satisfactory pair of answers. TF's on vacation. Let's close up by talking a little bit about some off-topic stuff we got a hold of this week. Um, Aaron, uh, you already spoiled that you got tired, so you can't talk about yeah. those. Because we you already yeah, went into those. Um... Well, shoot. I mean, that was that was the big spend. <laughs> I had a I had a dissertation. I had a whole nuanced review script ready yeah. to go about those. The the little bit that I got to drive the day, the the car felt better driving. It's it's one of those things. It's like, I hope so. You know the the, <laughs> the slow. Well, but it, it's like the the like slow decline of something getting worse and worse that you don't notice because it changes by a fractional amount. Every oh time. yeah yeah yeah. And then. And then it's fixed, and you're like, oh, wow, how did, you know, my shower head's been, you know, maybe not as powerful as I thought it was. And then I, you know, hit it with some calcium lime remover, and then all of a sudden I was getting friggin' knocked over by the by the power you, of it. You, wow, you finally, the same thing I had you before? You finally clean at least the filter on your air conditioner, and then you go like, I didn't know it could blow air this hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This did cold air? What? Yeah, you know, that sort of thing, so... But I mean, not anything terribly else. I've been uh, mostly housebound, and uh, I I got I got my booster shot and I got my flu shot on the same time on the same day in different arms. Ooh, oh, nuts! I keep forgetting to schedule my flu shot. I got to do that. Yeah, it, and it was funny. So uh, to talk about it a little bit. Uh, no politics about this in the in the in the forums. Um, but was at the pharmacy to get the flu shot, and there was a kid in the exam room that was just screaming his damn head off. Just only pause was to inhale and scream some more. And this goes on for, like, a couple minutes as I've just gotten there, so I don't know how long it's been going on before. I was like, yeah, I'd like to check in. And everybody is just standing around, just like, staring at nothing to not stare at this door, you know. And then finally we hear, oh, come on, Michael, The they don't even have the needle out. It's not even your turn yet. And everybody kind of like, mm, a little bit. And so then, okay, now it's your turn. <gasps> even louder. 
and everybody just like cringes some more and i just went i have to break this ice i was like just wait till you guys should hang around until i'm in there and see how loud i scream and then it got a bunch of chuckles and you know it like came back down and then like finally that door opens up and you know a couple of kids come out and mom comes out and they're like okay jeremy you can get a toy Michael, maybe if you're good next time, you can get one too. And I was just like, ooh. Woof. Ooh. After, after he goes through it. Oof. Yeah. And so then, like, there were like three or four people ahead of me. Like, I had scheduled my time, but I knew that, like, hey, with anything, those are fluctuate. And it was probably 45 minutes later before. And the, and the, the the pharmacist you know was sitting there was churning pretty solid on these things and then i could see her also trying to do pharmacist stuff like in the back and then like she'd chuck a couple of pill things and then you know inject a few people and and run back and forth and do that a couple times and so then she's like i am so sorry we're running late for everything running late i know that you've been checked in for a while but we had some problems i'm like yeah i heard those problems she's like i don't the kid was sitting on the far side of the exam room and like just it wasn't like ready to be in there like i don't know how how they get that worked up for needles and like why you're not going maybe to if you've got a kid that's like that why aren't you going to a primary care physician because they're free for all these injections right now and i just uh, i was like you know i was trying to be nice to the lady i was like yeah just wait for my screen when you hit me though and she goes what I was like, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. She's like, okay, because you're a grown ass adult. She's like, <laughs> she's like, like yeah, you know, know, that would have been a joke. But after the last year, uh, let me. I, yeah. I actually was about to add you to the to the logbook. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so she started to do it, and I went <gasps> in front of it, and she just went, "I will go all the way to the bone," <laughs> and then I chuckled. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to wait for you to stop laughing because this might hurt if I got you on a chuckle. And I says, okay. And so then I apologize for that. And she's like, no, I, I needed that. Thank you. I was like, okay, well, I'm glad I could, I could make things better. Like, can I get All an right. extra one? Can I? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. Well, well. So then that was the other thing. Was I went and they're like, okay, so you're here for the, for the Pfizer booster shot. And I was like, and the flu vaccine. Like, oh, you want both? I'm like. <laughs> is, is that I got two arms can I can I do that <laughs> I signed up for it like that online and he goes he's like oh yeah both of them are here just nobody's going for the for the flu shot I'm like that one's free too right it's like yeah it is it's like what hook me up then dude anything else I can get I was like I have when was your last tetanus shot a couple years ago no we can't do that one how about your next I am cute and so then the next then the next step was like okay so just here for the the COVID and the flu shot oh okay and then with the pharmacist, because you have to say everything. I was yeah. like, well, the, you know, the Pfizer COVID booster shot and the flu shot. She's like, oh, and the flu shot. Oh, yeah, that one's over here. Okay, okay, we're good. You know what? Like, the thing I said earlier, I'm part of the problem. It's it's become, I find, really easy to forget about the flu shot because you've been, I've been so fixated mm-hmm. on the other ones. Uh, I keep I keep seeing the sign at, at Shoppers, and I'm and it's like, book your flu shot. I'm like, no, nah, I already got two. I, I got my two. And then, like, three seconds later, I'm like, Wait a second. Wait, what shot again? Yeah. I, <laughs> let me let me go read that again. Okay, and then I'm like, I'm gonna do that when I get home, and then I forget. So I gotta, I'm gonna do that after we finish recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say like, how did how was the uh, side effect interaction between the two? But I guess, uh, no, it was uh, COVID arm was stiff for a couple of days. 
but no other like I didn't have any any side effects um beforehand or with the the previous two so I'm I've been fine. All right, that's good. Friend of mine, I don't know how much of this I should be saying. Friend of mine accidentally received a double size booster shot. Oh boy. Ooh. Uh found out after it was injected that it was twice the volume. Uh they're doing okay now. But apparently that yeah. was two days of very intense side effects, and I was like, well, that's fine though, because now you got superpowers. Like <laughs> now now you now you're you can just walk in you can walk into a plague room and you're the, the, the virus will flee from you. Yeah. <laughs> You've been supercharged. But uh that was that was freaky to hear about. Um, that was one of those text messages you receive where you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to just say reassuring things right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe they listen to this podcast, so we'll, we'll be all good as far as that. But uh, yeah, that's that's my little story I can add to that. You'll get a phone call. You violated my hippo rights. <laughs> it's like, okay, first of all, it's HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A. Second of all, we're Canadian. So nah, that's a U.S. thing. Third of all, I didn't say your name. There is no individual. You know, you'd things. be surprised how Greg. many Canadians aren't aware of that kind of distinction. That's that's actually getting yeah. too close. Aaron's warning at the beginning was was, was kind of a funny bit, but that, I'm getting too close to an actual like, hey, don't comment on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, Aaron's volunteered to to moderate all that stuff if it's a problem, so it's all good. <laughs> sure, I'll I'll open the the forum my once a month time and go. Oh, yeah, ew. What? Gross. And then <laughs> log off. Stain on the carpet. It's three different colors. I can't tell if it's from the front yeah. or the back of the mouth. Ugh. Uh gross. Well, um I've I've got a <laughs> I've got a far less gross thing I could talk about. Uh uh, the sort of gross thing is I got I got into another miniatures game and and I really like the miniatures and I bought too many so I got to stop after after I pick up my last couple but I got into that game Infinity by Corvus Belly anyone out there who might know what that is um, then uh, you know it's the game where you only really need about ten to fifteen miniatures to play and so obviously I've already bought many many more than ten to fifteen miniatures uh, but they're really nice to paint. I've been having fun painting. I've streamed a couple of those if anyone wants to see those. I also got a, a, a bunch of Kickstarter board game deliveries literally one after another for several days. It's like they all fulfilled this month. Uh, so I got a small solo game called Maquis, uh, if people want to look that up. Got the Paladins of the West Kingdom expansion and etc. The one I want to talk about, though, at length a little bit is uh, Final Girl. Uh, I shared a link to the Kickstarter in our little chat. Um, a couple things that might put people off immediately. It is a solo game. That's part one. It is also, uh, the spiritual sequel to, and uses the basic engine of hostage negotiator, which will either draw some people's interest or also put people off immediately. Um, very polarizing game that, but uh, final girl is you are a final girl. There is a, there, there is a location and a killer. Uh, the, and the only goal of the game really is either you kill the killer or the killer survives. Uh, if you both die, you still win because you made the ultimate sacrifice. But um, what's really neat about it on a tactile level is that everything is modeled after VHS boxes. So you have a core box, which has the stuff you use for every game, and then you've got all these different boxes where uh, 
each side has a magnetic lid that can be removed. So when you remove one lid, that lid is the killer and it reveals all the killer's bits in a tray. On the other side, the lid you remove is a location and it has a tray inside with all the location bits. So this means you can you can uh, have, you know, a whole lot of replayability where you just pick a killer and a location. Killers and locations are paired together with two final girls the way that they're sold. But any final girl can be used on any, you know, any game. And you don't have to use, like, Hans the Butcher with the the camp the campsite map. They're just put together that way. So you can hot-swap stuff as much as you want. I got the near all-in, so I also have, like, a thing that replaces the killer with another deck of cards, which is supposed to be, like, the birds. Uh, and I got I got all, all of the different um, killers and, and locations. So I played it a little bit. I really like it. I think it is... It, like, I like the Hostage Negotiator for the most part. I think this fixes a lot of the f- more frustrating parts of that game, where it's a very dice-roll-oriented game, and this has a lot more dice mitigation, and it removes the massively stressful time crunch of Hostage Negotiator, because when you run through the first main deck of cards, the killer just gets super-powered, but then you just keep playing. Uh, and you also have a map to traverse, so, like, your character exists on the board, which is another small change. Anyway, it's really fun. It's very lavish with all the magnetic lids and stuff. All the magnets are really well-tuned. The company that made this had to delay the game by at least three months because they wanted the magnet clasps to all be perfect and very strong and last forever. Uh, And that was a a problem for a little bit um, because the the magnets weren't working great and, like, this this thing doesn't... This whole thing doesn't work if the magnets don't work very well because you can't store any of it. Uh... But uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Look it up if you're interested. It should be coming out uh, at retail sometime. Uh, I think if you're in the States, you can pretty easily order it from Van Ryder Games directly. If you're not in the States, then they have rather expensive shipping, because that's the state of the world. Uh, I think, for the most part, a lot of it's available. I'm just scrolling through. I think two of the of the, the VHS boxes are Kickstarter exclusive, but uh, there should still be a fair amount. There's also like a secret box that was like it was like 10 or 15 bucks and they were like you don't need this but if you're a backer you can buy it and uh, i did buy it and it was pretty neat um and i should also say van rider they did they did this with hostage negotiator when you get if you do get this game uh open everything they they kind of like to hide things and it's kind of neat um is that going to be like the bigger the biggest blackest card sort of uh what I can say, this has been a while now, so I don't think this is the, that big a spoiler. Hostage Negotiator Crime Wave, which was the big box sequel that, that could hold everything. If you remove the entire tray, there was something underneath that was very robust for a thing that was hidden under the tray. Uh, okay. It's That's not as much the case this time, but this time it's also... There's more stuff. Anyway, it's, it's kind of neat. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, I think the biggest criticism I've seen is that, like, you do have to roll a lot of dice. I would really argue, though, that this game has a lot of dice roll mitigation. So you you might just have a bad turn. You might have some real bad luck. But, like, you're not literally just at the whim of rolling two dice and hoping you roll a five or a six on, on them. Like, there's a lot more mitigation in this than Hostage Negotiator. And the dice are also slightly more friendly than Hostage Negotiator's. Uh, the only things I didn't get from this were the game mats, and I'm, I'm kind of regretting that, because they were only 25 bucks, and they were both fairly good. I don't need them, is the thing, but, like, I don't know. 
Now I kind of want them because they're the only thing I didn't get. Uh, that's that's my main off-topic thing. Uh, so TJ, uh, I guess what what else did you get on the on the the, the well-known uh, bespoke toy island of Florida? Uh, I forgot the way we described that earlier. Uh, <laughs> uh so yeah, I I toured the east coast of Florida and just basically spent a couple of days hitting every toy shop that I could feasibly work into a manageable schedule, and a lot of it. So far is unopened, so there's a lot of stuff that I can't really, like, go into. You know, I bought two of the uh, Kotobukiya Mega Man X model kits. So, like, mm. I can't really say say anything about those. They're not built. Uh, for in-package stuff, uh, there is some on-topic in-package I totally forgot about. I got a Transmetal 2 Skarim and a Beast Machines Optimus Primal, the, the, the standard deluxe one. Oh, I, I actually like that one. Uh, unpopular opinion at the time and and now, but I, I actually I actually like that deluxe. I got him for like five bucks at the time, but I, I like it. <laughs> well, well, it's, well, for five bucks, it's easy to like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like bleeding into the off topic, there is some stuff that is still, like I said, still sealed. So I can't really give opinions yet. I don't even know if I'm gonna open them just yet. But I I found a uh, marble shapeshifter Ant Man, which is like one of two Toy Biz attempts to use Marvel characters as Transformers. That's when they were piloted, right? Um, I don't remember. I don't think so. I'm gonna look it up. It just looks straight up like Ant Man, and it's it's Ant Man from like the really bad '90s cartoon Avengers. Oh, okay. That's oh, oh. I see now. Okay, yeah. This is this is the first shapeshifters line. Uh, oh, I remember this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that cartoon. That <laughs> was really it, rightfully at this guy. Rightfully so. Um, Avengers, where they weren't legally allowed to use Captain America, Iron Man, or Thor. Good luck. It was basically West Coast Avengers, <laughs> as I remember it. Essentially, yeah. Like you know, not not literally, but that was a, a better way to describe that show. Uh, I forgot. Uh, United they stand. I, I either forgot or wasn't aware shapeshifters ever crossed paths with that cartoon. I always thought shapeshifters ended with stuff like the Punisher gun. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was just like a generic thing for just like the standard Marvel characters. I didn't know that there was like a tie-in. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to be... That, that's the cartoon where they're trying to turn the Avengers into Power Rangers, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and they, and they had those armor designs, so there was, I guess, like, more... You know, there was there was more bulk to work with. Certainly, yeah. this, this armored ant-alt mode in the photo I'm looking at looks a lot better just by virtue of the armor plating than a lot of the, the older shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I was, I was actually... Here? I was actually more excited about the idea of this being from the... I think way better second shapeshifters line because <laughs> I didn't remember Ant Man yeah. being in that. Let's see, um, what's what else? Um, I it's still in package. There is a toy from Batman Returns, which is the Air Attack Batman. Let me see if I can drop a visual representation in. I think that name is a meme now. I mean, I mean, I I mean, I know it as a type of primal these days, but. Oh, I I th- think this is the one I always didn't want to get because it didn't have the the cloth back. There there were two of these at this price point. There was this okay, one. I, I, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's yeah, there's one in the text chat. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at package photos of this thing. There, mm-hmm. there was one that had like oh, I might be thinking of another price point up from this, but I, I do recall that seeing this one when I was a kid. Yeah, this is the one I played with to death as a kid. I would not leave this one alone. Uh, and I love that this is from that era where like Batman will not use a gun, but he will drop bombs and have shoulder-mounted yeah. laser cannons. Yeah, for for those who want a visual, this is a Batman in sort of uh, it's normal Batman colors with with urban white camo print over top of the black, uh, and he's got an armored chest plate with two laser cannons on it and a bat wing symbol pair of wings with rocket launchers on them. Um, that goes on top. Yeah, the only reason I've not opened it is because, as you can see from the photo, gold plastic is involved. So I have to see if it's susceptible to that or not. Oh yeah, yeah. It it doesn't yeah. look swirly, so you might be. It's not. It's, it's not really swirly, yeah. and like they're really, honestly like aside from the C clips for the guns and the like little binocular thing, there's nothing that's like you know structurally required for for the gold yeah. plastic. So it's, it might be fine. You know, like I, I see that photo gallery is from like 2013, so it made it that long. Yeah, that's <laughs> longer than gold plastic normally goes for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if it's like maybe more of a caramel plastic or something. I I wish I had better memories of of how that thing felt. Uh, I had a I had a tangent about gold plastic on a stream the other day, just about like how. It, it, when it rears its head in modern toys from after the turn of the century, it's almost more terrifying than when it's on, like, an older toy. Uh, yeah, That's a cool find, though. You, you can go with, like, the older toy didn't know about it. Yeah. Now they well, do. Well, like, when, you know, when, like, the easy example, 07 Meteor Starscream being made entirely out of what it turned out to be destructible gold plastic. It's like, wait, what? Uh... <laughs> I'm just I'm, in the Google image search. I'm seeing the cross cell on the the back of the packaging now with all the different Batman returns. I think was the the peak gimmick Batman line for me as far as like multicolored Batman. But that's only because they had very focused and weird gimmicks. And I I think that like later multicolored Batman lines, you know, from this century were. There was some cooler stuff in those, but there's something about the aesthetic of Returns. It's really... Yeah. The The other one I had was the Arctic Batman, which is, like, like dome-headed armor plus, like, like, like an arm cannon with a squirt bladder on it and yeah, I, a missile that fired from it. I definitely had that one because I remember thinking that, that, that uh, the dome helmet with the two little bat ears molded in was the coolest mm-hmm. thing to me as a kid. Uh... So here's what's hilarious in adulthood. I found out that they did a second wave of these toys where they did that exact same Batman as Hydro Charge Batman. All right. And they've they've repainted him in yellow, same cannon, same spear, no armor. He doesn't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is, uh, this is, I'm not much of a nostalgia person, but I have a specific nostalgia attached to the packaged shots of these toys. This is this is activating something in my brain. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else. Uh, I found a Count Dragon from Mass Rider, like the lead villain on All card. Right. I that might was, have that was one funny of those. to find. I'm, I have I have a box of of sealed Mass Rider toys, and I don't remember what they all are. I got them with some VR troopers, and I really need to stop owning them. 
but <laughs> I don't know what to do about them yet. I don't know what to do with them. I just need to stop owning them. I love that. <laughs> All right, nothing, so... nothing wrong with them. It's just uh, there's no reason for me to have this many sealed VR troopers and Master Rider toys. Like, <laughs> be nice if they were no longer in my possession. <laughs> but I won't do anything about it. So you know what? You know, those toy lines to me, they are just enough work to be too much work. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> they can live in a storage unit. Eh. <laughs> All right, so the stu- there's a couple things I can talk about because they were loose, so I have to talk about them that way. Um, I got a to add to the Rocklord collection. I got Slimestone, which for those who can't imagine, it's like the, the evil silver counterpart to Nugget. That is the one that I am always ecstatic to see with any Chrome still on him. Yeah, he's got a little bit of wear over one of his shoulders, but for the most part, yeah, the chrome is, I'd say, about 85% still there. That's basically a win. 90. That's a win with a slimestone, yeah. I think. Oh, oh, I'll give you the real win with a slimestone. This thing, uh, this thing still had its card. It still, it, it oh, still had its, it still has instructions. It still had its weapon, which was gold plastic. It's broken, so I have to glue that. And it still had the mini comic. Oh, nice! Yeah, so this was a that was a whole lot of fun to to go through and see like the the different age and era that this came from. This is this will be terrible for listeners, but I, I pasted into our little chat. I found a, a small image of what I think of when I think of a loose slime stone. Uh, it came up in the oh, Google that's, search pretty ooh, fast. Ooh, that's un, that's unfortunate. That's what I'm used to seeing. <laughs> He's calcified. Yeah, the plastic color under his chrome is the most unfortunate, but also kind of fitting, like, rotten milk color. <laughs> Alright, so, let's see. So, that's to my Rockler collection. Uh, the big get of the entire trip. The toy that I've been after most of my collecting life, because I have vague memories of it from childhood. Never owned it before. And that is the Switchblade from Mask. Nice. Oh, I need to. I still need to get replacement parts for mine because there's a common break on it, and someone makes parts for it. I still need to track them down. Oh, that. Oh, send it. Send it to me because I'm sure it's the. It's what I'm. What's mine's broken on? Yeah, it's. Um. Well, it's, you, you describe it. I'll, I'll know when I when I hear it. Uh, it's it's the lever that holds the rotor down in jet mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that breaks on all of them. Um. I I don't actually. Oh no! Wait, no, it's. Ah, these are stickers. The there, someone did make parts for it, but I think it's like those, those were like uh, not like Delta Repro parts, but they were one of those companies where you just assume they were around forever and then they just disappeared one day. Um, no, I think there might be three D printable parts for it as well, or even Shapeways parts. It's such a known break that I know someone has made Repro parts for it. I just, I, it literally looks like I could stick a spring in there and fix it. Yeah, yeah, there's, it's, it's, uh, I'm repeating myself, it's, it's a very well-known break on the Switchblade, um, but yeah, that, that is like a, I, I mean, I'm very, I'm very nostalgia goggles here, but I also had a lot of mask, I still think Switchblade is a top-tier mask piece, if not the mask piece. Oh, yeah, yeah. Switchblade and Rhino, man, they're the two. Yes, I had the Rhino. Switchblade, I'm going to put above the Rhino, if only because, like, yes. it actually transforms. The Rhino opens. Yeah. The Switchblade transforms. Yeah. 
but I'm saying th- those were the two like like big here. Well, you could say that the uh, the Thunderhawk was kind of the leader car, mm-hmm. but Rhino really was like the leader. Like that was the also vehicle. Thunderhawk. Yeah. Thunderhawk doesn't really transform. It it just opens. Yeah, it's, it's doors opens. Yeah, yeah it's gullwing yeah. doors. I, I had the Rhino as a kid. Never had the Switchblade. Uh, thank you for reminding me that sticker replacements do exist on Etsy. So I need because I do need new stickers for this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, there's also some on eBay that I did have bookmarked, uh, but I don't okay. know if they're better or worse than the Etsy ones. They're also se- seven Australian dollars, so it's like, why not just get all of them? <laughs> Compare all mm-hmm. the stickers. Uh, that that's no, so I, freaking cool. I love the Switchblade. Yeah. yeah. Everything else works. Like, I gotta tighten up the hinge for the cockpit, but, like, Miles Mayhem's in there. He's still got his mask. That's uh, a win. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. The wing the wing springs still work. All all four of the guns still spring out. Like, all of it still works, except for that one lever. Uh, the thing I'm thinking of is the thing, there's a clip that holds the wings in place in copter mode. That also breaks really easily. That's another, another thing. Um Okay, those still seem to be. Those are still fine on mine. The the thing you want to do, uh, if I recall correctly, when you want to lock them in place, hold the the release button down and put them in place, then release the release button so that you're not mm-hmm. putting friction on the clips. Yeah, usually when I'm transforming them back, I'm sliding the wings under them, so yeah. I'm not like forcing them back or anything. Yeah, be careful with those bits because those are those are also really easy to bust. Um. But I'm pretty sure all of those breakable parts have replacements out there somewhere. Because I, I know I did this research some years ago. Um, it's a hazy memory now. That's awesome. Was it? Was it? A, was it? Was it pricey or was it? A, was it also like a solid? Like, was it? A, was it oh, a no, triple win? No, 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 no. It was. It was. It was in the three digit range. That's but that like, makes sense. Yeah, but for one, I could see in person and see, okay, this still works. These clips are still here. You know, the the figure is still intact with the helmet. I, I you know, I'll pay a little bit more to be sure that like this is the one I'm going to be happy with. Hey, you want to know? I just looked on eBay. You want to know how much a boxed, hundred percent complete Switchblade costs? Do tell me. Uh, it's opened, but the box is still there, and the cardboard box insert is still there. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait a s- hang on. I have to check something. This okay. For a second, I thought this was just for the box. Okay, no, this is for the whole toy. It's complete. The clip on the back is still there. It looks like, yeah. Uh, so complete switchblade. Everything's complete with the box and the cardboard insert. Buy it now. Price six hundred and fifty American dollars. <laughs> okay, and that then, is significantly less than what I paid for. And then thirty-three American dollars. Uh, to ship it, which to me is kind of ridiculous when you're already going to. <laughs> yeah, that definitely feels like a thing that'd be. Yeah, I'll throw in the ship. <laughs> yeah, just roll it into the. Make it seven hundred dollars free shipping. You you make another t- almost twenty bucks, and I feel better. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just looking at switchblades now because I wanted to know these are still expensive. <laughs> Oh, oh, is this Repro? Yeah, okay, there is, there, okay, if you search for Mass Switchblade, you'll find them on eBay. There's Repro, um, clip parts, also Repro rotor blades for the entire rotor blades. Oh. So you can get entire Repro pieces for this thing. All right, thank goodness. I knew I wasn't crazy about this specifically. Um, 
Anyway, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 looking at it now. Yeah, like even compared like there's a few here that look like they're in a little better shape than mine, but I got mine significantly cheaper. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, mine still has a drop missile too. Woof. Yeah, that that was an easy mm. thing to forget exists. Uh I spent I think a decade of my childhood with that missile in a bits box cuz I assumed it was for a transformer. And I never understood why my switchblade had this empty socket in the bottom. That is a really easy missile to lose. Uh, Man, so many memories of toys that I had that my brother destroyed. Aww. Oh. Because Switchblade specifically was the one, because it looks like a jet, so it should fly, right? Oh, no. Ooh. That's what happened to my old ace duck, because I thought he was supposed to fly. And you know that those Ninja Turtles toys, when you throw them into a concrete wall, they explode? True. I don't believe you. Give me a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm always minutes away from trying to recollect masks. I never got rid of all my my old mask stuff, but I I like that line a lot. I, I've I've got parts and like incomplete stuff still in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I had Boulder Hill at one point in time, and I don't have any of that oh, anymore. I they... saw Boulder Hill at one of the shops I went to. Cherry Bomb Toys, yeah. back in, in on Vangelis Island, they got a Boulder Hill and a whole set of mask toys on this. That Boulder Hill was very tempting. And I was like, I don't have any reason to own Boulder Hill. But I'd never seen one in person before until like just a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd, I'd, I loved it because you had the... The, the pop up and then it knocked the boulder down and it was it was cool and then parts of it got lost and parts of it got broken and then dad decided the well then the best thing to do is just throw it all away I guess yeah yeah that's a that's unfortunate well now you can piece together a switchblade with repro parts it will just cost yeah. you a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll. I'm good. I'm. I'm good. Man, I should get these repro parts and then also get a minty switchblade and then have one in each mode. Yeah, yeah, that's sensible. Why are all these <laughs> 3D printed repro switchblade parts from the Netherlands? That's also fascinating. <laughs> anyway, sorry, TJ. This is really just put. My, I I have never been this distracted in days. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know? Hey, do you want to know how much that complete Miles Mayhem with his mask could go for? How, how much? How much? This is the more expensive one, but it also doesn't look like it's discolored like the other one. Thirty American dollars. That that ain't some... bad for a minifigure that... with a mask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Switchblade canopy you can get an, an extra copy of for eleven dollars. There, man, the Switchblade market. I forgot about this. I want to put together a whole I'm trying of to find, blades. I'm trying to find the piece that I'm missing. I'm not seeing it. So there's... Wow, there's even just the spring mechanism! <laughs> for the fuselage guns with the spring attached. I was going to say, if, if you can't find it individually, you could probably just find, like, a, a 30 or $40 busted-up switchblade that might still have the one clip in, in one part. Uh, I've done that for GoBots before. Um, the thing is, like, I'm lo- I see how that... The whole thing is engineered and yeah. like it's li- it's literally just like it just needs a spring to push the lever up in order to lock the blades in place in the jet mode oh, that's all could, it needs 
if you could get the spring measurements, I bet you could just get a spring and like glue one end of it. Yeah. 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 That'd be, that'd be easy thing. Cause it really like on the original toy, it's just a plastic lever acting as a spring. That's why it breaks so easy. Yeah. Just like literally like a folded piece of metal would work and probably work better. Oh, I just found a Miles Mayhem who has a, a helmet that is so discolored it is green. That's, uh... Ooh. That's... Oh! Helmet is dehydrated, it says in the, in the description. Hang on, I need to send you this. Ooh! Hang on. Helmet is dehydrated, in parentheses, hard. <laughs> okay, so, uh... See, mass squish bars, push button for propellers, landing gear, authentic parts, twenty five shipped. Oh, there you go. Yeah, if I just want, yeah, if I just want to, yeah, and it's it's not broken. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, but I'm getting I'm I'm getting the landing skiffs too. <laughs> okay. That gives you spare landing skiffs, you know, just in case the springs in those go. <laughs> uh, for the sake for the sake of our our good fresh new fresh faced editor an army of bees, we should probably close up this thing because I'm going to get highly distracted for another like half an hour if I keep scrolling through these switchblade listings. Uh, so TJ, was there, was there anything else on, on your end you want to talk about? Or is that kind of the crowning? No, I, I can't do better than that. Yeah, the, you can't do better than the Switchblade. It is the best mask toy, uh, in my opinion. Uh, well, thank you both for joining me. Um, thank, thank you, dear listeners, for listening. Uh, we'll be back, as always, with more Transformers talk and other talk. You know, clearly, if you bring up the right... Uh, thing I will just send this podcast in another direction for half an hour that's whatever <laughs> if you want to hear us talk more about mask toys then uh, send us all some mask toys there so yeah help everybody um, but uh, please do stay safe uh, we got TFCon Toronto coming up uh, we got um, we got December coming up so uh, you know all kinds of fun things um, until then though we will talk to you later so uh, stay safe uh, get get them shots you need to get. Uh, keep that mask on if you can, please. And uh, uh,